Listen to me very carefully. I'm a Terminator. Cyberdyne Systems Model 101. That's one of my mission parameters. Trust me. I know now why you cry. He'll live. Hasta la vista, baby. Welcome to Sweet Play Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Mack. Good times, Masunis. And with me is Jameson. Very good rabbit. How you doing, sir? I'm doing awesome, Mike. It's good to hear you, sir. 2014, new year, new STL. It's all good in the hood, we're, brother. We're kicking it off right. It's true, man. We've been waiting a long time to do this episode, man. Yeah, it it seems like it's been months that we've been pushing this back every week. We finally made it. But what a way to start off the year with uh, the three the three of us, Arnold, you, oh, and I. Oh Lord. <laughs> what, what a way to do it, huh? That's right. So, sir, are we gonna do all the greatest Arnold movies this year? Well, it's kind of shaping up to be that way, huh? Yeah. Well, there's been rumors. After this, we we have to finish our Indiana Jones series. You yes. Know? We got we got to be done with that, and then uh, everybody wants to do the DC animation crap. You know, so <laughs> I, I'm excited because I I haven't watched any of those. So yeah, uh, I've watched a few, not a lot, not a lot, but uh, definitely got to do some Indiana Jones after this one. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's gonna be good times, sir. I am super pumped for 2014, man. I don't know how we're going to top 2013, but we're going to do it. Oh, you mean because the 100th episode? That's right. Well, we're going big time this year. Yeah. Well, we're going to do, number one, I, I got something special for you today. But we're going to have even more fun this year because, uh, you know, last year we did, uh, we did 16 episodes together. So we're going to try to double, if not triple that this year, sir. <laughs> You what do you are, think? You are ambitious. What do you think, sir? We, I think I, I think I might be living alone if we uh, triple it because <laughs> since last year I've added another podcast under my belt. It's true, Real Films Podcast, which is going very good, sir. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Thanks. It's good times, and you're not as nervous as you once were, sir. Now you start off, you're like, "Welcome to Real Films Podcast." Now you're like, "Welcome to Real Films Podcast." I like how many times you're saying it. That's a lot of plugs. Oh, man. It's good to have you back, sir. I missed you, man. Dude, it is great to be back in the STL. I'll tell you what. It's good times. Well, sir, before we roll into our uh, insane review of Terminator 2, because we're going to cover all bases because you watched the regular and I watched the extended. So we got it all covered, baby. Indeed. But uh, why don't we roll into some movie and music news, sir? All right. The sacrifice of adding in 
All right, sir. Uh, it's been uh, actually last time you were on, Paul Walker had not been deceased. So, Are you sure? Yeah. Uh, and we're obviously not going to talk about that because we both did our own separate things. But what mm-hmm. I what I do want to talk to you about though, something I have been kind of changing my mind about. Uh, a couple days ago, there was uh, official notice because they had. Uh, Till January to figure out what they were going to do with the story to Fast 7. They finally came out and said, hey, we're going to retire Brian O'Connell. And at first I was like, I'm cool with that. But then I got to thinking, uh, it kind of sucks if they don't kill off Brian O'Connor because you're taking out Mia now out of the franchise. Now, granted, she's not been in a whole lot, but this is Dom's sister that you're talking about. So if you leave him alive, how is he not going to be called upon into the future and if everybody's family i don't know it, i'm starting to feel like you know i get the sensitivity here but in the respect of the character killing him off screen i think is the best decision so i don't know man what do you think it's um yeah i can see where you're coming from i originally thought when they were kind of taking their break and trying to figure out what they had and looking at the footage that they had, you know, deciding, I think that kind of helped kind of decide where they're going to, you know, I did kind of think that the best way to do it, if you were going to kill him off was just have the movie open with Dom kind of grieving it, you know, like, man, I can't believe we lost Brian. Yeah. You know, and just, but they do have a lot of footage with, with him right now in the can. And that's right. Millions of dollars worth of footage right now that they can't just scrap. So I, you know, I, I I I have enough faith in them that they will write it the right way as far as writing him out of it, you know, into retirement and making it believable and yeah. you know how they're going to do it so that yeah, you don't go like, well, why wouldn't he come back here? You know, this is his family base. You know, they say it all the time. They're family. Yeah, I you know that's a good point because you know we have Chris Morgan who's been writing this series since number three. I mean, he knows this story inside and out, and clearly. They made this decision, and they had all the executives at there. They had Vin Diesel, and they had, everybody decided this was the way to do it. And if you're going to be taking his brother to film those additional scenes from either Far Away or CGI Paul Walker's face, you know, whatever the case may be, I'm thinking like you, if that's their plan to retire him, to go off in the sunset, they're going to write it in a way that's believable and makes sense of the story. However, if you do it this way, though, aren't you going to lose Dom's sister at the same time? No, not necessarily. I mean, you know, you you could have kind of any number of reasons. You could, I mean, I don't know. They say retire. Maybe he goes to prison. You know, maybe yeah. maybe he's the scapegoat and goes to prison for the gang. Or you know, I, you don't know exactly how they're going to do it. I'm, I would assume that they would somehow keep her in it in some capacity, right? Um, but who knows, really? I mean, they they could go any number of directions with it. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm hopefully do it right though. Yeah, I mean, now we have another movie added to 2015. Is 2015 not going to be the biggest year in movie history, or what? It's it's already getting pretty jam packed. Oh man, I'm telling you. And uh, then I heard the rumors about uh, 
uh, Wonder Woman is a cameo, and she's going to be from Krypton, and it was all this. Uh, it, they what? Actually, yeah, she's going to be from Krypton. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. They, uh, the guy from Batman on film, you know, he did an interview and he gave his thoughts, and people took it as this is legitimate story. And that Wonder Woman was having a cameo and that the women that they described in Man of Steel is her descendant. So essentially she's like a descendant of Krypton. <laughs> and, and that's how uh, she comes about. And and he's like, that was total BS. That was just me talking, thinking, you know, blah, 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 blah. So very interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, I know. So I, it's we got these crazy rumors, you know, and as we both know, it's Justice League uh, that we're going to be dealing with in 2015. Hey, did we, did we get a, did we, uh, did you see the rumor, speaking of DC and Justice League and, and the breaking news that came out this week over Twitter? Did you, did you happen to see that with one Mr. Dwayne Johnson? Oh, yeah. Okay, they said he's going to be Green Lantern. No, 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 no. no. He should be Black Adam. The, 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 the only thing I saw was that he tweeted that, you know, I'm, it, you know, I just got done at the offices of DC. I'm going to be in the DC universe starting in 2014. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. And I, I kind of talked about this on, on our most recent Mojo is I trust more than any celebrity. I trust what Dwayne Johnson puts out on Twitter because he tends to break his own stories before he allows, you know, Hollywood to break them. Yeah. He, and he's been right. pretty good. You know, it, he doesn't blow a lot of smoke or throw a lot of curves at the fans. He's pretty genuine with, hey, I'm going to be Hercules, you know, before the announcement comes out. It, 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 a lot of these things. Yeah, you're right. He is the most, uh, still to this day, he's still the highest uh, following wrestler there is, even though he's not a wrestler anymore. I know? mean, I've, I've been reading different rumors about who he's going to be, whether he's going to, you know, be a Jon Stewart type of green lantern or lobo or or even cyborg in in the newer movie yeah you know where where's he gonna fall in there i just think it's cool if you know if it's legit that that dwayne johnson's in the dc universe now yeah i i am so cool man i you take my money that's, that's <laughs> all i gotta say man so and uh he and for those of you who don't know dwayne johnson is the highest grossing actor of 2013 he should be. He put out 37 movies. Putting it out there, a wrestler is our number one movie maker, baby. So, just saying. Did you read that part of my email, sir? Did you cut that out, by the way? You'll have to tune in to see. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I am legitimately excited. I think it's cool. In fact, he turned down WrestleMania 30. Because of all the crap that he's going to be doing, which makes perfect sense. The they probably threw him a buttload of money. He's like, no, you know, I am making movies. I got big projects. I can't let anything jack that up. And I give him props for that because, you know, 30 is supposed to be the big WrestleMania, but I'm happy he is out so that way he can do, you know, what he wants to do. So, yeah, they got a lesser wrestler turned actor in Batista, so they're fine. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, you mean Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I still don't know how I feel about that movie, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm more curious now than I was last, you know, this past summer when a lot of the things started coming out. I'm more curious now than I, than I have been up to this point. Just the more that's been coming out and, you know, you start seeing more set photos and things like that. I'm... 
it's not something that I was really excited for. I'm kind of morbidly curious about it. Can we talk about something that I know we both are going to love and enjoy? Okay. 22 Jump Street, baby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, sucker. And did you hear the news? Booker is going to be on it, dude. Did you That's hear perfect. this? That's perfect. You have to have, you have to have Booker on there at some point. I know, right? Oh, Mr. Richard Grieco. I'm Mr. Gr- Richard Grieco's fan. So. Yes, there you are. That came out a while ago. I know. It's true. <laughs> I, I heard that yesterday. Richard Grieco in 22 Jump Street. Dude, have you seen this trailer, man? It is I so have. good. All right. Because remember what I said that the first movie, me and you were shocked of how much we loved it. And, you know, I gave the first one four stars. So I said, all the trailer has to do is sell me that it's going to be the same movie as number one. And it's automatically four stars. Then the rest drops from there once I go see it. And the trailer instantly is like, yep, four stars again. So I am. I love how they did it, too. I love how they we we moved across the street to 22 Jump Street. Yeah, nobody thought that the 21 Jump Street reboot would do good, but sure enough, it did. What a shocker! I love the meta that they did. Yeah, it, it was so awesome, you know. And there, there's so much into the joke. That's what makes it so good. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh, I, I love the trailer, and I think it was cool at the end seeing the cameos from the boys that got arrested at the end of part one. That, that, that was pretty cool. But, oh, man, I am so pumped for next year for that to come out. Man, I want to take a bunch of my friends to go to the theater to see it. I think we'll have a good time, but my wife don't want to go, man. She's all like, no, nah, I don't want to go see it in the theater. Boo. I know, right? <laughs> kind of disappointed, man. Maybe I'll drive up to where you're at. We can go together. There you go. Be good times. Perfect. All right, sir. Uh, there was one bit more of news I wanted to talk about. Let's see. Oh, okay. So since we're talking about Schwarzenegger today in a you know a little bit, have you seen the poster of Sabotage? No, I don't think I have. That's the one where he is the he's the um, he's like the leader of the DEA agents, but they kind of kind of put him to the side of the poster. So it, it, like he looks all big and bad. He's got tattoos and stuff. It, they showed you those promo pictures early last year, but when the poster came out a few weeks ago, they purposely kind of put Schwarzenegger aside, even though like his name's on the poster, and it looks like it's going to be pretty awesome. So, do you know anything about Sabotage, sir, or, or is this your first time hearing about it? I don't know a whole lot. I haven't. I've heard of it, you know, kind of as they were working on it. That's about it. Yeah, I'm excited to see where uh, his move. You know, I'm excited to hear your list, man, because. What's your next episode? Isn't this your worst stuff, right? Uh, next, the next episode, you, we have two coming out, like bang bang, on top of each other, pretty much. Okay. Uh, one is our December recap, and the next one is our best of and worst of. Okay, I am so excited to hear where you where you rank. Uh, oh man, what was the movie we were just talking about? <laughs> uh, I don't, the Schwarzenegger movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. The Last Stand. The Last Stand. Yeah, or uh, Escape Plan. Yeah, or Bullets to the Head. Those are the ones that I can't wait. I'm gonna for. give you a spoiler alert. Yeah. Now I only get 15 movies to rank. Okay. I saw 99 this year. Oh my gosh! Look at this guy over here. Right. So only one of those three makes either of the lists. <laughs> Which one is it? Who knows? Oh my gosh! That's so awesome, dude. <laughs> oh, so RoboCop, man, it's coming up next month, son. That it is. What's your thoughts, man? Are you excited now that we got newer trailers? I don't know. I'm, I'm still not sold, man. I don't know. All right. I was excited when I first heard about it. I was excited when I saw the first trailer. I'm still 
guardedly optimistic about it. The fact that it comes out in February, that scares me. Right. Uh, that's that's a bad sign right. uh, for an action movie. That's I got excited for Bullet to the Head last <laughs> February. Um, I... I, I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm hopeful for it, but it is not going to surprise me in the least if it's terrible. Oh, man, it's true. You know, it could be really cool. It could be um, almost like 21 Jump Street, you know, because we were talking about that. Almost if it is a nice homage to the original or even if it's, I don't know, Dread-ish. I didn't, I didn't love Dread, but, you know, if it's something along those lines, but it could just be awful. It's very easily, you know, it could yeah. be, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. It's the thing is, is it, I'm scared because I'm looking at the lineups in February of the movies coming out. There's a lot of movies I want to see. I'm like, this isn't good. Oh my God. There's going to be a lot of stinkers out of these ones that I'm looking forward to. See, this is why I love when you and Jason review this crap, because it makes me avoid it like the plague. <laughs> so I am super excited to hear what you guys have to say about that one, sir. Sure. Oh man! All right. So, in regards to music news, um, did you uh, did you like my year end episode, sir? I did. I dug your year end episode. Oh man, good times. Number one was an excellent choice. Excellent, and nobody knew about that. You probably are the only one that might have guessed what that would have been. So, I I was kind of waiting for it about the middle of the list. I'm like, oh. What if this is gonna make it? Did you uh, did you like my comment about uh, songs played out that I got sick of, like Shit. sick of it? I, I thought of you when I said that because very much so. You were telling me that story of like, oh, dude, God. I love Skillet Man, but I hate sick of it. They play it every seven minutes, man. It's true, man. It was a rough summer of that song. <laughs> and wow. then like Heart Attack from Demi Lovato every ten minutes. I I turn the radio, boom, there it is, you know. I gotta say, I really enjoyed your top five movie list. I I was genuinely surprised with number two. I did not see The Conjuring coming. Wow. Hey, no spoilers, man. Oh, got that. I did not see your number two movie coming. It's okay. I'll leave it in there to kind of reel people in. Because not everybody downloaded, which is a mistake. Why don't you people download this crap so you can hear what I have to say? What have you people done? I know, but... Uh, I am so pumped, dude, for the music of 2014, man. Uh, got some good music coming out, man. We got the new uh, Stone Temple Pilots album should be coming out this year, man. They should. And then uh, who else are we getting this year, man? I know that uh, my boy's Pillar coming out with a new CD, but they're starting a Kickstarter soon, so I got to be helping out with that. Uh, what do we got coming out that you know of, man? Help me out here. Hey, I just heard today some news that I'm really excited about. One of my all-time favorite bands. Tool is back in the studio again. They have not put out a studio album in a decade. Wow. Um, so I, I heard today on the radio that they are actually going to get together and put out an album this this year. And I'm really excited for that. Wow, that's awesome. What's your favorite Tool song, sir? Oh, my Lord. They're all they're all great. <laughs> they're all great, man. That's like we ask. Oh, speaking of which, we have to do the chase this year, man. We talked oh, about yeah. it last year because every time I see it's always on cable. I'm seeing Henry Rollins. And I'm like. Oh, I think of you. I think of we we got to do the chase, man. But uh, there's two movies that I want to do standalone movies, not in a you know, not in a series that we would be doing or anything. I want to do the chase. Yeah, I really want to do Quick Change. Yes, I'm so down for that, sir. I've been dying to talk Quick Change with anybody, 
and nobody's seen the movie really. That I, I try and start the conversation at the grocery store. Nobody's seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy guy. Oh man, I love Quick Change, man. I mean, who do you love more, Bill Murray or Randy Quaid? That's the question, you know. I, I know for you it's Bill Murray, but I mean that end sequence, man, trying to get on the bus is so tense. But it's All so right, we'll get into that this summer. Yes, we will. But uh, as far as music, dude, uh, Pitbull with Kesha. Uh, Timber is a number one tune uh, this week on the charts. So, I don't know, man. I, at first, I didn't like the tune, and then I started listening to it, and it's it's starting to grow on me. What do you think of this song, sir? I don't know that I've heard it. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I might have. Uh, Pitbull, to me, is like one of those guys that it's like, okay. You know, it's like, I don't know. Whenever... I, don't care. I don't really care for him. Yeah. But he's kind of everywhere. It's true, you know? And uh, uh, Katy Perry, Dark Horse, number two off of her Prism album. I like and, it. Uh, Monster from Eminem, Rihanna. I love that tune. Dropped yep. to number six, man. So that kind of sucks, man. It should be up higher, sir. That's what yeah, I'm It's saying. been around for a while, though, hasn't it? It has been, but it's a really, really good tune, man. Yep. So uh, overall, man, um, you know, I did the, the year-end music recap, and I think 2014 is going to be just as solid in music that this year was. I mean, we had a crappy year in movies, man, but 2013 was spectacular in music. So I am super pumped. And I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed my list, sir. Uh, a lot of people tell me 11 through 1 was so killer. They, like, listen to it nonstop over and over. I was like, that's so cool. So, I enjoyed it, man. It got me through a nice long night of plowing. It's true, man. Why don't you tell the people what you've been up to, man? You've been, you've been saving the people out there, haven't you? <laughs> sure. I'm like a superhero. With a big snowplow. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was it you told me the other day? You're like, I'm like a superhero until they flip I'm, me I'm, off. <laughs> I'm like the people's champ until the, 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 they flip the people's champ off a lot when I plow in their driveways. Oh, man. But you're not like plowing them in. You're trying to plow it out, though, right? Hey, I'm just trying to plow the streets, man. Man, how do Gotta you... Gotta go somewhere. How do you work, man? It's like it's been negative 32 around here, yeah. sir. It, it's yeah. like a three-degree difference from Illinois to Wisconsin. So I, I know you're feeling it, man. You're outside, so... How, yeah. how are you surviving, sir? Dressing warm and keeping that big old beard on my face. Oh, man. That's all you do, man. Yeah, it is, it's been pretty brutal out there. I mean, wind chills of negative 55. That's crazy talk. That's Planet Hoth stuff. I man, know. I'm looking for wampas and tauntauns. You know, my like I was telling everybody, my furnace has been out for over 24 hours, man. That's how cold it is. It is not shut off once. Ridiculous, sir. Yeah, not good. All right, man. Well, that's a wrap for movie and music news. We got a big show to talk about. We got a huge movie. So why don't we get into the reviews, sir, of some Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Rock on. Let's do it. Same make. These were taken at the West Highland Police Station, 1984. You were there. Same model. These were taken today. You have to let me see my son. He's in great danger. New mission. Once, he was programmed to destroy the future. I don't know what it's like to try to kill one of these things. Now, his mission... Get down! ...is to protect it. Mom! Come with me if you want to live. Really real. His loyalty is to a child. Who sent you? 
You did. 35 years from now. And he's enemy. He's a Terminator like you, right? Not like me. He's the deadliest machine ever built. Can it be destroyed? Unknown. This time, there are two. Terminator 2. You just can't go around killing people. Why? If you thought you had seen it all... Look again. Stay down! Go! Now! We gotta stick together! Arnold Schwarzenegger. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. This time, he's back. For good. Trust me. All right, sir. Terminator 2, man. Can I just say this before we uh, before we say anything, or at least before I say anything going forward? This movie is the epitome of bigger, better sequel. And I think no movie has been able to do what this movie has been able to do. And that is just take it not only to a whole new level totally kill the first movie on every level you know in every way shape and form but this is the epitome of blockbuster and just the whole works man this is it right here man this is the what perfect example 101 yeah i agree this movie is well i mean you you look at the technical advancements between one and two that make this movie the blockbuster it is um this movie is the first movie that i remember I think I was maybe 13, 14 when this came out. This is the first movie that I remember like being a summer blockbuster that I went and saw multiple times in the theater and just was in love with it. Like this is the coolest. And I wasn't even a huge original Terminator fan. Right. You know, I that was kind of I was really young when that came out and I'd seen it and oh, it's kind of cool, but it wasn't like my movie. <laughs> this Terminator 2, I'm like, this is incredible. Wow. This is awesome. I mean, and it's reflected. I mean, you know, it, it held the record for summer release for the longest time. It's true. You know, this movie came out in 1991. That's crazy to think about, you know, because the original movie was 1984. This came out 1991. Uh, we still got the same director, James Cameron, uh, written and produced by him. And then we had Arnold Schwarzenegger come back this time around. And then we had... Uh, Linda Hamilton come back. We had the introduction to Edward Furlong, which we'll talk about when we get there. But essentially, this is, it's kind of like the first movie all over again, where instead of the Terminator going after Sarah Connor, uh, they're going now after John Connor, but they send two Terminators. And uh, we'll talk about it in detail in a little bit, but basically, you, you kind of think Arnold is the Terminator, the evil one. And so you kind of get a twist and like kind of, you know, the beginning of the movie and stuff. And uh, it was it's so mind blowing. The special effects. Uh, this is this is the big one, man. This is what really started the CGI we have today. I yeah. think I think started with this movie. This is it right here. I mean, this movie even got four Academy Awards, makeup, sound mixing, sound editing, visual effects. And the gross was over 500 million dollars on a 94 million budget movie so yeah this was really the first big blockbuster that was 
almost completely CGI. I mean, every scene had ADR work. Every scene had some sort of crazy CGI. I mean, it had a lot of had a lot of great, you know, practical effects, but there was a ton of post work in this movie. It's true, sir. All right, let's start off with the beginning, sir, because uh, man, we got a lot to talk about. So the movie starts off. And I kind of like it because it's kind of eerie. It starts off with a whole bunch of cars. And then all of a sudden, it goes to the date of L.A. 2029. So what do you think, sir? We're in 2014, and uh, our, our foreseeable future of 2029 doesn't look too bright, sir, when you when you see that date come on screen. Because we're pretty close to that date. A lot oh, closer yeah. than we were back in 91, that's for sure. Yeah, the machines are going to take over. Oh, man. There's no doubt about it. You know, it's it's crazy. We have this uh, this opening, and I love the commentary by Linda Hamilton here. You know, it's short, sweet, to the point. You see John Connor all jacked up, got the scars on the face, and then, you know, she's kind of basically telling it for you that, you know, one Terminator came to protect, the other one to destroy, which one will get to him first, and then the music hits. Now, this theme song was was very awesome in the first one but they play it a lot in this one so clearly they know hey that theme song which is it reminding of almost jaws you know dun 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 i mean it's so iconic now mm-hmm. when this starts off and you hear that music man what are you thinking sir it's good stuff man because it's just that driving beat like just it's action you know that's all it is you know something ominous is about to happen it's true and then uh, we see Arnold come down, man. You know, for the first time, you know, kind of like before. Uh, first we had Arnold, then we had Reese. But we see Arnold come up. Uh, Got to get the butt shot, of course. You know, right. I always love the TV version of this, how they pan the camera up just a little bit. But what do you think of this bar scene, man? When he walks in, I love the lady's face, man. Where some <laughs> of them are just like, oh. You know, and then the one lady uh, that's carrying the beer, she's just like, oh, and she looks down. What do you think of this scene, man? She looks him up and down. <laughs> I, dude, it's it's pretty great, you know, because, it, it, you know, obviously you have to address, like, where, where's he getting his clothes? Um, yeah, and it's just great. It doesn't even, like, resemble him once. I don't, I don't get it. How does he match? It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I love because that's the first time in the movie you get the Terminator vision. Right. You know, you get to see from his perspective what he's seeing, how he sizes everything up, and and it just all the things that he he's taking into his processors at one time. And that's really cool. It's a great effect. You know, and you you uh, finally find the guy, and, and just, you know, the classic line of, you know, give me your boots, your pants, <laughs> all that stuff. It's so great. You close your boots and your motorcycle. You know, the, in the first movie, we had good old Bill Paxton, yeah. and he goes, nice night for a walk, eh? Nice night for a walk, you know. I, I'll never forget that. But this one works so much better, you know, because the first time around it was pretty comical. But this one, this one's both. It's comical, but it's serious because the guys start messing around. Arnold starts throwing him through places. Uh, he stabs one guy in the back. I mean, clearly, you don't know he's the good Terminator yet. He's right. doing the typical. Let, let's put it into perspective. We've never seen this movie before, right? Uh, you know, you're just like, okay, cool. You know, he's throwing people around and then, uh, he, he finally gets the, the clothes, everything he walks out and bads the bone hits. <laughs> and you're just like, how iconic and perfect is that song for what we're seeing right now? You know, and he looks great, man. Our Arnold oh. looks great, you know, in, in the, in the outfit on the Harley, 
he just fits it perfect, you know? Can we say this? I mean, uh, in regards to going back a little bit with the vision, you know, we were talking about the vision of the Predator, how it's like, okay, how can you honestly see anything? But in the Terminator vision, it's red, but you can see everything. So the right. vision works perfectly for me. But I think this is the best-looking Arnold we not only ever seen or we will ever get. This has yeah. got to be it, man. This is the epitome of Arnold to a T is this look right here. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I mean, this this movie and Arnold's look in this movie is just quintessential, you know, the movie is like quintessential 90s action, and this is like, this is why this guy is, is the action hero yeah. right here. Take a picture of this. This is what an action hero is. <laughs> this is why he's still my favorite action hero of all time, people. I love The Rock, but he's number two. He'll never be able to replace Arnold Schwarzenegger because I grew up on Arnold. Arnold is still that iconic person to me. Even when I go see these movies and he's old, he's still it for me, man. You know, it's just like I'll never lose my love for Arnold just because of this is it right here, man. This is the epitome of Arnold. Whenever I think of him, even with his old wrinkly face, <laughs> I still have this picture, that poster. It's nothing personal. Him sitting there on the bike with the shotgun in his hand. Just, yep. oh, so good. And then we he, he gets the glasses, right? You know, you're like, okay, he's going to kill that guy. He's like, I can't let you take that. He takes the shotgun. But when he grabs the glasses and puts them on, it's so good. And then he just happens to have a gun rack. On the motorcycle, sure. it, it takes off. You know, how great is that? Now, let's talk about uh, our actual bad guy who we don't find out for a good 20 minutes is our main, um, you know, Terminator. So this is the first time we ever seen Robert Patrick in film. Now, I want to say this. I really enjoy Robert Patrick. I find his performances. Uh, I think he can be kind of bland sometimes, and sometimes he can be totally badass and just a very good actor. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, this is the only movie where I have a problem with his ears. <laughs> <laughs> his pointy ears? Oh, man. It, dude, they did not do him justice, man. He looks cool as the cop, but they should have had his hair a little bit longer because, it, I don't know, he should have had a little bit more weight in his face or something because his ears just, it, it's really hard to focus on him without staring at his ears. <laughs> I know it's a rude thing to say, and I don't have that problem with him now, uh, but in this movie, I have a hard time for like 20 minutes not staring at his ears, man. Mike, I've got Robert Patrick on the line. Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, you would too. <laughs> so what do you think about Mr. Robert Patrick in this movie, sir? I think he's great. And, you know, like you say, it's the first time you've ever seen the guy. And uh, I remember when I first saw the movie, you know, and like, well, who is this guy? And he doesn't look at all intimidating. Right. You know, you, you compare him to Arnold and you're like, what is this guy going to do? <laughs> this scrawny guy, he looks like an accountant, you know, but he, he plays it all through his face. Yeah. You know, he has that stone cold, emotionless look on his face and he just looks so icy cold that I think it, it works then it works that he's, you know, he's believable as the bad guy up against Arnold. I, my favorite scene of him is when he goes and talks to the parents and he's all like, you know, thank you for your cooperation. He's all, he's got this like happy joy face. And then he's like, you don't have to worry about him. He, that's the only time he has the evil look, but you know, that's the only time we have emotion from him 
mm-hmm. this movie. Because even like later when it'll be like, hey, that's a nice bike. He only shows the emotion when he's talking to the parents. And because right. you're still thinking he's the good guy. So they do, uh, I can, foreshadowing, there's no way if you had never seen this movie and never the trailers, there's no way you would ever know that he's the bad Terminator. There's well, no, no way. And it's, you know, especially since, you know, he's, you see him and he's tracking him down. And you, if you know anything about the first movie, like, okay. So it's just a different guy, you know, to track down this Terminator again. You know, I remember being thoroughly, you know, I don't confused by it when I first saw it. (laughs) Right, exactly. Because you think you know what's going on, you know? All right, yeah, I know the basis of this movie. Like, okay, he's got to stop Arnold. I don't know how he's going to do it, but okay, so be it. And then, okay, we get our introduction of another actor, his first movie, which... I'm going to say this. This is the only movie that I like Edward Furlong in. Really? Here you go. Huh. Name another movie where you like him in. American History X. Never seen it. Oh, Mike. That's a phenomenal movie. It is. And, and yeah. he's good in it, right? He's very good in it. Okay. He's, uh, he plays Edward Norton's little brother, and the two of them are incredible. Okay. Then I will I'll give him a shot then and you know I'll I'll check it out. It's a rough movie, just so you know. Oh yeah. I, I have heard <laughs> about that. There's one thing that I really dig that I think was a perfect choice is the way they use his voice because it cracks multiple times throughout the movie, but it's so effective. I don't but know what it is. You know what's funny is I was reading something about this is since this film took nine months to shoot. Right. He went through puberty throughout the movie. And uh, so if you look at the scene, kind of skipping ahead, where they're in the desert, that's those were, that was one of the first scenes shot. He's very young. His voice is kind of squeaky. And they had to go in and ADR all of his dialogue after the movie because his voice had changed. Wow. And so all his dialogue was done in post other than that desert scene. Really? Because it took so long <laughs> to shoot this movie. Wow. Yeah. Um, so when we get the introduction of Mr. Young John Connor, I like his look, you know, the yeah. hair the hair over the eyes, and his friend uh is actually the kid from different strokes. Yeah. <laughs> and I did I never knew that until after the movie. I was like, huh, that's what happened to that little redheaded kid, you know? Yep. And uh I you know, the parents come out, he's like, You're not my mother, Todd. First line we get from him and it works. I don't think man. Todd's his mother no matter what. Well, sorry. <laughs> She's not my mother, Todd. You know, takes off. And I love the the Guns and Roses. You could be mine, oh, dude. It's the best. Oh my god, the music video. I'll never forget it. Terminator trying to go after Guns and Roses, but the they music video was awesome. It was. I still watch it to this day, man. It's so good, son. Oh, good times. But I like how they play this song three times throughout the movie. It's... I love how he's got it on the boombox as they get on the dirt bike. I know, right? I mean, back in the day, you had the cassette player and. And it and it works. It's not like it's played randomly. It's only played when they're when they're cruising. You know, I, I really dig that. It's good times. Now, uh, you sir uh, meant to watch the extended edition, right? And I watched the extended edition. However, tell us your story of what happened, sir. Why you weren't able to do this? I just bought T two on Blu-ray last week. Got a sweet deal at Target, four bucks. Wow. And I put it in last night, and that sucker would not play. Oh, did you take it back and complain? Or not yet, but I was not. Ha- I tried for a full half hour to get it to work, and it just would not play. 
So, I mean, I, I have seen the extended edition before when it first came out on DVD, the, the big special edition, what have you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was forced to watch the theatrical version last night. All right. Well, we have 16 minutes of additional footage, so I'm going to go over all those scenes that occurred throughout the movie. And I think have greatly improved the film. I mean, the film itself is spectacular, but the the 16 minutes that were added in, wow, good times, man. I can't wait to go through it. So uh, part of it starts off uh, kind of in the beginning here when we get uh, Linda Hamilton. Uh, now, you know, in the, the first movie review I did, uh, you weren't on the episode, but I was just talking of like knowing what the character is going to be in part two She's just in part one. She's just this sweet, innocent girl, you know, just the girl next door in this movie. She I'm telling you, man, when they say that they up the stakes, it starts with this girl right here, man. I can't think of of another character who changed so much from one movie to the other, but did it in a positive way. Because like, for example, Rob Zombie 2, Halloween, the piece of trash. You take Laurie Strode and you turn her to a completely different character in a completely negative fashion. However, with uh, Sarah Connor, although she's she's trying to not go insane, her character is tough. She's oh, she's strong. a badass. Yeah. I, I don't know how you could take any character and completely flip them in the sequel as good as you did Sarah Connor in this movie. Yeah. What do you no, think? I agree. I mean, you, you just the first shot you get of her, you know, you see her just doing pull-ups. Yeah. And you're like, what's going on? Like, who is this? You know, and then she she turns, you get that shot of her looking over her shoulder, like, holy crap. Yeah. Like she is ripped and she is just she looks nothing like the mousy little Sarah Connor from the first one. Yeah. How's that like, knee, doctor? So <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean she is just she plays just she plays the tough and just crazy, you know, the, the the total mental case that she's supposed to be, she plays it so perfectly. You just don't know what's going on in her head. She's seen some things, man. Yeah. Now, uh, this first extended scene happens here when the, uh, remember when they look in the window and they're like, yep. hey, you know, make sure you give her her medicine. They got all the med students there. Yep. So the two guys, the black guy and the guy with the glasses, they go in and she's like, I don't want to take, you know, because he wants her to have Thorazine. He's like, I, drug I, her up. yeah, I don't like the way that makes me feel. Don't touch me. Like, well, you better play along. These two beat her up. Yeah. They uh, they punch her in the stomach. They kick her and then they tase her. And then they take her mouth and they put the pills down her throat and then they make her swallow it and then she goes out. So that's how she goes from being so crazy to the next scene you'll see her. She's now uh, sedated. It happens in this scene here. And it's it's effective because when she later takes these two guys out, it's uh, it makes sense now because they they beat her up in this scene. Yeah, and, I didn't understand why that was taken out originally because yeah. it does kind of set up, you know, as you say, the next scene where she's kind of catatonic and it sets up the eventual escape and why it seems so personal yeah. when she's going after these guys and takes the billy club, you know, and it seems very personal. And without that, without that scene to set up why, it, you know, it just kind of it's kind of weird that they took that out. And then my favorite scene, which, uh, as you guys know, when I started the show, you know, I always do like my, uh, you know, I create the credits for the show. Uh, you heard this scene. 
in the credits uh, was Kyle Reese. Uh, I think this is the best scene, or actually, I take it back. This is the second best scene that they cut out. Uh, this is where she wakes up to Kyle Reese and she's embracing him and he's trying, and he repeats what uh, he said to her in the first one. You know, on your feet, soldier. You know, you have to do what it takes to project to protect John. And he's telling her how much he loves her. And she's telling him how much she misses him. And then he decides he's going to leave. And she's like, you can't leave me. And he starts to walk down the, he, he starts to walk down the, um, the hallway. And he's like, there's not much time left, Sarah. And then she wakes up on the floor. And it, it was such a touching scene of just her like crying and just being with Kyle. Because number one, I love me some Kyle Reese, man. I, right. lo I love that guy. Seeing him again was so great. I don't understand why they cut it out. I mean, granted, this movie's 136 minutes. Still. I, you know, back in the day, they didn't really like long movies. But this was a phenomenal scene that – and then – he tells her the same thing she'll say later in the Mexico when she stabs the knife and it's uh, uh, the, about the future, how um, you make the future. It's not set in stone, that, that writing that she mm -hmm. writes down. He says that to her in the dream sequence. And then she has a dream of where she's going and she sees the kids playing before they explode, but you don't actually see that. So it's all like a precursor of her dream she's going to have later on in the film. Right. So it's an excellent scene and it really sucks that they cut it out. So, yep. Uh, and then we get our introduction to Mr. Dyson. Now, I, this is one guy that got cut out a lot in this extended cut. And uh, I'm going to explain it when we get there. But the film from the people that have seen the theatrical version already, Mr. Dyson's a nice guy. He really is, even though he's he causes three billion deaths. This guy's a really likable guy. So what's just a family man. What's your thoughts on Mr. Dyson, sir? Yeah, he's just he doesn't know what the future holds. The the butterfly effect that you know this chip that he's working on is gonna have. You know, he thinks he's doing the good things because you you know you see as soon as he finds out what's about to happen, like holy crap, I gotta stop. Obviously, I'm not gonna keep doing that. Right. Like that that's a bad thing that's about to happen. Now, when you know we first see him just for a little bit. And that's when he goes into the vault and we see the leftover of the Terminator of the first one, which is the right. CPU, which has a partial chip at the end and then the hand. I love the camera shot of him staring at the hand. It's a beautiful shot. Yeah. So after that sequence with the hand and the CPU, uh, we get Mr. Doctor, uh, which what's this guy's name? Uh, it's Mr. Sullivan, right? Uh, sure. I like Mr. Doctor. <laughs> Mr. Doctor. Uh, Peter Silberman. There you go. Okay, so this guy was in the first movie, and I hate him so much in the first movie <laughs> because I know the kind of guy he's going to be in part two. And, man, this guy is such a douchebag, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, he's good at that. He is, though, man. He This scene with the doctor and the whole hospital stuff with Sarah – Makes me realize that her life is so much better when she has a Terminator trying to kill her. <laughs> sure. Gives her a purpose. It does. Because I would rather have an unstoppable killing machine coming after me than be stuck in this ward where they abuse you and poke you and all this crap that they do Lick to her. your kid. face. Oh, <laughs> terrible, man. This guy is just, oh, un he's just ungodly, man. Oh, terrible. Hate this guy. 
So I, I'm glad that, unfortunately, nothing bad happens to him later. Everybody else gets their comeuppance except this guy. He gets to live on free later on in the film. But This is true. It's true. Now, uh, when we get our, our Terminator, you remember what I was talking about, he goes up to the parents' house, you know, and, uh, and he goes and does his search. I like the first girls he talks to when he takes the picture <laughs> because it's Nikki Cox. For those of you who know her from uh, that TV show, Oh God, what was it called? She's she's in Las Vegas, but she was in this real funny show where she had like a talking hamster. It was a bobcat. It was a bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah, show. there you go. What was the name something, of that show? Something the bunny. Oh man, what was that? People are yelling at us right now. But anyways, I like Nikki Cox. It was cool to see her. I'm like, oh, that's little Nikki Cox, you know. And then we get the arcade sequence, man. I really dig this, man, because I really love the shot of John Connor inside the the fighter pilot. Mm-hmm. Um. The way the lighting is on his face and it kind of, I don't know, man. I, I've always loved that shot ever since I was a kid. I always thought that was cool. I was like, maybe that's how I look when I play video games or something. I don't know. But <laughs> See, I love going back just a little bit. I love, I always loved the fact that he was able to hack the ATMs. Oh, yeah. He took out his little Atari keyboard thing and, <laughs> and put it in. And next thing you know, money's coming out. And I always thought that was the coolest. Like, man, he just, he can hack anything with that thing, you know? And you kind of see later on that he how he came by that. You see how his mom is able to just kind of pick locks and hack things. You know, like oh, okay, I see where he gets it. Yeah, he'll, he'll explain later to his friend that no, actually, you know, I learned from my mom, but she's a complete psycho. And then <laughs> right. he, you know, explain everything. She's like, she's a total loser. You know, that's it. Uh, but you know, when we get uh, we get Arnold holding those roses. Looking oh. good. You know there's a shotgun in there. But this chase sequence, man, when when both of them are going after John Connor and you're like, man, who's going to get to him first? When you see Arnold show up and he pulls the gun out on John Connor, you right then and there, you're like, he's the bad guy. But you don't know that the bad guy's right around the corner and he knows that. And that's why he tells him to get down. I, I love that little twist they do there. I love this whole little scene here. I love I mean, it's 30 minutes into the movie. And we finally get our first meeting of the three of John and the Terminators, both converging on him. And he doesn't know what's going on. He's running for his life. And it's so great. You get that slow motion. The rose box drops. The shotgun comes out. And the just the classic look on John's face, you know, in slow-mo as he sees the gun come out. And he's like, holy crap. Yeah. You know, and you got got that mall worker in the hallway, too. Like, you can't be back here. Oh, no. And then turn the corner. Here comes the other Terminator. Like, what? Yeah. I love that whole thing. And, you, you know, you see the first time you see Robert Patrick get shot with that shotgun. And just like I remember vividly sitting in the theater, like what gets, the hell just happened? He gets blasted with that shotgun. I'm like, what the hell is that guy made out of? <laughs> like, what it was that? Like it? Like did he shoot metal at him? Like I didn't know that was right. part of him. I was just like, what way. is that? Like he's shooting like dinner plates at him because that's what it looked <laughs> like when it hit him in the chest. You know, like what is he made out of? It's just this whole first scene of them kind of the first big action scene is awesome you know and kind of leads into the big chase can, can we talk about the effects in this movie sir okay you're you're the math wizard here so we're in, <laughs> we're in 2014 this movie came out in 91 how many years right. is that that's 23 years 23 years later and these effects are so good none of them fail me dude 
Yeah, for the most part, they all hold up really well. I can't wait to see the part that you find it doesn't hold up. There's one little nitpick I have, and I doubt it's going to be what yours is. So I, I can't wait to hear what yours is. So, But this right here, man, the liquid metal, dude, when he's laying on the ground <laughs> and, and he just heals up. and Because normally they heal up and you see like like a, like, a, like a cut in the screen almost. Like like they pasted, you know, like the well, special Well, and his effect. uniform doesn't like have a hole in it. Like Arnold, right. you know, the jacket has holes in it. Right. And that's the thing I was wondering. I was like, okay, so once he puts his clothes on, it becomes part of his DNA, essentially. Everything except for metal. You know, yeah. he can't pass, he can't turn himself into a gun, and thus he can't bring the gun with him when he goes through a door, you know? Right. So that's why his outfit won't have any holes in it, because it's part of his DNA, if you right. will. So, yeah, that logic does not affect me one bit, but just him healing up, though, man, still looks so good, man. It does. And then, I mean, so... Already, you're like, whoa, this is something cool. This liquid metal, this is something really wild. Kind of a callback almost. It looked kind of like um, the Abyss, that kind of really cool technique that they used, that James Cameron used in the Abyss. Yeah, 1989 is when he did the Abyss, right. So it's it's reminiscent of that, only way cooler. But then they they go running out of the mall, right? Yep. They start taking off. He's a fast runner, man. Like, holy crap, this, this guy can run. Wow, <laughs> he is so fast, man. I love it. And this chase scene is so good. Now, I do want to say this. They do a phenomenal job of doing close-ups on the stunt guys, but I don't uh, care. You know, I mean, clearly back in the day, they weren't going to let Arnold do this. But at least the guy that they got to be a stunt guy looks pretty much like Arnold. So when he's jump when he's doing that jumping off with the bike thing and he lands, you clearly know it's the stunt guy, but unlike some of these action movies where it's like, come on, that looks nothing like that, you know. I this is one of my all-time favorite chase scenes. I just love it where where John's on the dirt bike, the T1000 is in the in the semi chasing after him and all of a sudden here comes here comes Arnold on the on the chopper. Yeah. And he come he's trying to swing around him, swing around him, and he gets by him. I just love as he comes by and just picks John Connor up off his dirt bike, sets him on the on his Harley in front of him, and just starts going. And and dude, is there anything cooler than the way Arnold racks that shotgun? No, there isn't. And you There's know, nothing cooler than that. And what's more believable is when that semi does the jump off the bridge. Yeah. You can believe that it would be as messed up as it is, but still being attacked and still, you know, that's what thousands of pounds of, of metal, you oh, know, because yeah. most cars would shatter. But it was so believable that that semi would still be able to function, you know, and I love that. It was awesome, you know, especially going through the bottom of the bridge, getting the glass cut off, and he just picks his head up with a score. <laughs> just like, yeah, it's we're, he's still around, you know. But Arnold cocking that shotgun and blowing those gates lock off, you know. I mean, how cool was that, dude? I dude, was, it was awesome. Man, he does that like, what, four times? Oh, he does it a bunch. I mean, he fires that shotgun. A shotgun holds six rounds. He puts a lot of rounds out of that shotgun, <laughs> shooting back at the semi and then blowing the gates. You know, but the way he just racks that, flipping it around, flipping it around, I mean, that is just, it is too cool. So iconic. And what I love the most is, is after he blows up the semi, he hits John Connor in the head with the shotgun when he's <laughs> I've always loved that shot that they kept that in, you know, it's like, sorry, I didn't mean to hit you in the head there. You know, it was so cool that it's, and then it, the, we see the first time it's on fire walking yeah. out 
and it still looks so good, man. Yeah, he's basically like liquid mercury walking out of that fire. Like, holy cow. Oh, man. The, the, what's going to kill this guy? Now, uh, in the director's cut right after this, there's a bunch of firemen, there's a bunch of police, and he takes a police car. So it's like it la- it's like seven seconds long. I don't know the firemen and police, I'm assuming, are maybe at the mall, and he just sees a police car, and that's how he is able to get to uh, John Connor's house later on, which they don't show this. You know, like, well, how did he get there? Well, he took a cop car, sure, and he went there. So that that was one little tiny sequence that was there. Again, it was like seven cent- seven seconds, no big deal. So um, now, what I really dig when he. You know, when they're at the when he's at the parents house, you know, he's now taking control over the stepmom. I love this scene because you don't know if you've never seen this, that he got stabbed, you know, mm-hmm. when he's just talking his crap, yelling at the dog. And you just hear a little tiny sound, you know, it's like that. And you don't know what just happened, you know, and <laughs> you hear John like, dude, she's never this nice. There's something wrong, you know, and you, right. get, you get Arnold on like, what's the dog's name? You know, <laughs> Max, you know, Wolfie. What's wrong with Wolfie? Wolfie's just fine, you know, and that's when he figures out your step parents are dead. I yep. the way he says it is just so good. But in the director's cut, what'll happen is is after the sequence, uh, he walks out to the back of the yard, yep. sees the dog, kills Max, and takes his leash off, and it says Max, and that's how he figures out that John Connor knows what's up. Right. So that should have stayed in the movie, man. That's enough. All of this stuff should have. I know. There's not literally one scene that I saw that I was like, that should have made the cut. You know, it was just like, seriously, especially the Dyson stuff builds so much character development that they cut out that it's, uh, it was so annoying. But well, well, there's an extended scene coming up when they're, I believe when they're in the desert that yeah, we'll talk definitely about, should have stayed in. Yeah. I mean, love it. By far the best scene that was cut out of the film. That's the scene I was talking about where I said yep. I had two. Number one is that one in the desert. Number two is Kyle Reese. Both yeah, I vividly are, remember that one. Yeah, so, so good. Now, uh, we get the we get the introduction to the, uh, he has to do everything I say. You know, let me go. What the hell did you do that for? Because you told me to. I love this sequence, man. This is so good because the, the way they shoot it, where Arnold, you could barely see his eyes through the sunglasses as he's looking down on little John Connor. But, you know, you find out, you mean you have to do everything I say? It's so funny. Stand on one foot. He's yeah. just standing there. But these guys come over and he's like, hey, what's wrong, kid? And he goes, beat it. You know, it's like, F you, you little dip. <laughs> then he continues on. I love it. I love it because then he's six. Arnold on him, oh. and Arnold pulls the gun out, and John knocks out his head. Like, no, he fires, fires off a shot. He's like, you were gonna kill that guy. Put of the course. gun down now. <laughs> of course, I'm a Terminator. <laughs> oh man, it's so good and so funny, man. And <laughs> I just love it when he's like, put the gun down now, and his voice cracks, and Arnold just looks at him and puts the gun down and just stands back up and looks at him. You know, you were gonna kill that guy. Oh, of course, I'm a Terminator. You know, it's just so flat. Like, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, he's like, you can't. Go around killing people why because you just can't why you know this oh it, there's, there's such good uh comedy and action it's just it blends so perfectly they don't go overboard with it and that's what makes it still stand up to this day man you know right. so, so good man and then uh you know we now we go to the hospital because john's like look you are going to help me get my mom out and i order you to help me 
and you know of course he gives him the rule later on about how you can't kill people but we see the the famous twins you know the 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 redheaded cop who you get to see the twin brother in gremlins too when they're working on gizmo uh you know this is the cop that'll get the thing through his eye uh this is an excellent sequence man where where the terminator is a checkered floor and he just comes up and that shot is so good dude man i i can go on and on about these effects but it it still holds up to this day of like but i thought he couldn't be a floor though i thought he could only be like a human or something like that so no he just he can take on pretty much any form right it just can't be something too complex or have which which moving threw me in it. The th- threw me the first time like oh it can't be a gun or a bomb because it ha- he can't have moving parts or different chemicals like really a, a human body isn't, isn't right uh, <laughs> too technical but all right whatever right exactly uh but you know when uh when he gets it through the eye and it's so effective you know like the thing that was the problem in the first terminator uh when arnold was taking out his eye it was a really bad mask, you know. It was yeah, it was the it looks rough. It was yeah, it was very dated. But even this effect, you know, with the going through the eye, it doesn't look dated. You know, that's the one thing that they totally improved on is when they're doing these. I don't know if it's practical effect, if you will, but it looks very good. It's still it it doesn't it doesn't look dated. You know, it's something that you could see in a movie in 2014. They just might obviously gross it up more. But it's definitely an awesome scene. And then we see the scare, the Sarah escape, man. What do you think of this, man? This is pretty action-packed sequence, sir. Heck yeah, man. It's pretty good. I mean, she's obviously planned this one out, you know. she's She fakes being catatonic and gets licked by one of the orderlies. Ugh. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> man, just to turn on him and get out and get his keys. Or not, not get his keys. She picks the lock. Yeah. Gets out and... Uh, the uh, the one orderly opens up the broom closet and sees, huh, that mop is that mop panel's busted. I wonder what's going on. Whack! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she comes. It, that, now that's the guy that licked her in the face, right? Yes, that's yep. what I thought. That's why he gets the worst of it because that's right. He gets beat pretty good with that broom handle because he... she just drags him out of. The... That's a big dude, and she just kind of drags him off. Yeah, that tells you how strong Sarah Connor is for sure. Heck yeah, because that's the guy that beat her up earlier. He kicked her yep. right in the stomach, and then you know, yeah. So it, he deserved it the most, and I'm glad that he got it. So. Uh, and then, of course, she breaks Dr. Silverman's arm and you broke my arm. And she goes through how many bones are there in the human body? Like 400 and something. Sure. And then she's like, that's one. You know, <laughs> you're like, what is Sarah going to do when she pulls out that poison? You know, so good, man. And then. No, go ahead. What were we going to say? No, no, no. Go ahead. I think we're going to the same point with it. Yeah. Where we get uh, Arnold and John show yeah. up and he goes, now, swear to me, you're not killing one. He's like, what? You know, he looks around real fast. Swear to me, you will not kill anyone. I swear I will not kill anyone. And then this always busts me up. He shoots him. He's like, what are you doing? And then he waits a minute. He's like, he'll live. He'll live. <laughs> oh, man. And, and again, now they come into the hospital, right? Or she's she's just gotten out. Right, right. And again, you get the big reveal. And I love how both times that, that Arnold shows up, they they slow it down slow-mo as yeah. he comes around and she sees him now this is this is big because now at this point you know obviously we know what's going on but this is the guy that stalked her and and tried to kill her the <laughs> and has put her in this 
institution has has ruined her mind all because of this guy that was sent back from from the future to kill her right and she turns a corner and there he is with her son i know and just the reaction on her face is so great the just the fear and confusion and just terror on her face is so great i think that had this not been slowed down it would have lost the emotional impact yeah yeah i mean you yeah it had to be slowed down and you know you're you're expecting it like you're seeing it happen like oh man here he comes and it's like all the emotions that go through her face is just great really great yeah and and they hold her down and he'll kill us all you know the way she, she is so good at just yeah, her voice, her face, just betraying you. Like you said, that fear. But yeah, man, I love that no, where she's she's walking backwards on her hands mm-hmm. on the floor. Oh, man, I mean, that's hard to do. Because this is the nightmare that she's relived yeah, every day of her life. It's true. And he just, just nonchalantly continues to walk. You know, it's like Michael Myers. You know, it's, yeah. like, it's like taking your worst enemy in your life. And having them come after you and then all of a sudden, you know, they say the famous line of number one, come with me if you want to live. So good. You're like, what? You know? It's so good. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I never forget that, man. Every time I watch the first one and, and Kyle says, come with me if you want to live, I'm just like, man, just wait till part two when Arnold says it to you. Come with me if you want to live. And this, I think, this this next scene then, I mean, she, they're trying to get out of there and all of a sudden... What the they F is see, going on? <laughs> they see what's really stalking them. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this guy comes walking through the bars. So good, dude. That's a great, that's some great CGI right there. Oh, man. You know, as he melds himself through the metal bars, and then you see, you know, the gun doesn't make it through. All of a sudden, he gets stopped for a second, like, oh, yeah, I got to get this through the bars. Yeah, and yeah. Oh, man. just the, the CGI is incredible in this, and you, you get this great gunfight, right? Yeah. I mean, it's great. Arnold basically protects John and Sarah by putting them in front of him and just taking blasts to the back. Do you know? I, do you know? I cried when his glasses got broken. I, <laughs> Did you? The first time I watched this, I cried when his glasses got broken. I was like, "No, I won't be able to see." Because in the first movie, he's in it ninety-seven percent of the time. Sure. You know. So, but it was actually cool though, because not knowing what I knew then that you're going to get so much more of Arnold emotion and everything. You had to get rid of the sunglasses. But first time I saw it, I cried, dude. (laughs) This is a great scene, man, where, you know, he's blasting. And this is where they really start to have fun with the CGI on on the Terminator and what they can do, you know, how that liquid metal, what they can do to play with it and, you know, blasting holes through his face and whatever, you know, and that they you could tell they were having fun with this. And you get into that great elevator scene. Yeah, where you really get to see what he can do there in the elevator. And all of a sudden, here come these, you know, he's forming himself into knives and they're just spearing through the roof of the elevator. Just like, holy crap, this guy can really do anything. He could be anywhere. He could be anyone. That blade going down Sarah's back. Yeah. I mean, they show it and it just looks so gross. And, oh, you know, with the CGI of today, there's multiple times where I can see the color sequence like change a little bit. This one is so flawless, man. It's like you people need to watch Terminator 2 when you do CGI. Learn how it's done, people. (laughs) That's right. That's what I'm saying, man. And then, you know, she's like, get out of the car. 
right now. <laughs> and I love Arnold because he now has this rule, you can't kill people. But I could throw him into cement and <laughs> smash their face. That's okay. They'll live. They'll live. <laughs> This is great, man. This is another. You see how fast he. And here's the thing, you know, he's got all those bullet holes in him, and he's running. And you would think that uh, the way they, like, it would shake almost, like it would mm-hmm. be like, you know, I don't know, like plastic on him, you know. But they do so good at making it not move, you know. It's it. I don't know, man. It. We could go on and on about how awesome the CGI is, but that's just that's one of those little things that people miss. Are like when they get shot, you know, and they're running, and all of a sudden the bullet hole now moves a half inch or whatever. You know what I mean? Yep. It's it's phenomenal. And uh, Arnold, man, this dude does not miss. You know, he's <laughs> trying to shoot at him. You know, and you see, man, John just like ducking down, and oh, so good. And the aftermath, though, you know, of after he gets his arm shot shot off, and uh, Sarah's yelling at John, you know, this is kind of the point where Sarah is a douchebag, really. I mean, she's trying, she's trying to protect her son, but she's not loving at all. Just like, you know, not even like, give me a hug, you know, I'm when they're sad. in the car, she's yeah. like, you never should have come there. It's really the only scene where she's unlikable, you know? Sure. And of course she redeems herself later on in the film, which we'll talk about, which I, I don't remember if it's in the theatrical cut, I'm going to have to ask you about this, but in this sequence, though, she makes him cry, and that's when you hear, you know, what's wrong with your eye? And I love that. Oh. <laughs> what's wrong with your eyes? Yeah. You know, nothing. And and then he walks up, and the little tiny liquid goes back to his foot. Mm-hmm. Such a good scene, man. Now, Oh, yeah, because they got – well, yeah, because he's chasing him, and then John throws that piece of him on that's stuck in the trunk, and he just walks up. Right, exactly. Sucks it back up to his foot. And then we get the sequence that, uh, you know, me and you were talking about, man. Sure. Uh, the, the best scene that got cut out of the film. And that's where, you know, they're now uh, trying to patch up, which you've seen this in the theatrical version. They're, they're patching up, you know, uh, Sarah. And he's like, oh, that's what makes you such an efficient killer. And she's yelling at him about, well, I hope you heal up because if you don't, then, you know, you'll... Uh, you know, not be good to us. Now, this is the only cheesy line from Edward Furlong in the whole movie that I don't like is when he's like, you know, so you're not such a dork all the time. Th- <laughs> that That's the only line from him that I roll my eyes at. Just the way he looks and the way he delivers the line. Well, wrote- and this was like one of his first scenes scenes okay. i mean this is like the first one right. of the first scenes he's ever acted okay fair enough then I- i'll give him that then because that's the only time where i roll my eyes where i'm like dude that was terrible you remind me of the crow or something right now it's terrible <laughs> uh okay so uh they change the dialogue at this point because he's like uh you know can you learn anything and he's like uh, i'm actually in read mode only mm-hmm. and typically at this point the next sequence you'll see is arnold looking outside uh, the window, and it turns from nighttime to daytime. What we get is seven-minute sequence of them taking apart Arnold's head, man. And I know you remember this vividly, so oh, let's yeah. let's talk about it, man. This is excellent. So uh, in order for Arnold to learn, which this is a big plot point that's cut out of the film that just miraculously he's able to learn, it's, right. beca- it's because of this scene. He says that I'm in read mode only i cannot learn until you change my chip yep so he has his head cut open looks fantastic not like the crap we had in the first one Mm -hmm. and he's directing sarah how to get to his cpu sarah pulls out the cpu 
puts it on the um, puts it on the table. She's gonna get a uh, hammer, and John puts his hand over. And he's like, no, you know. And that's when she's like, she starts to go off on John, you know. And he's like, look, we need him, you know. And and she just talks about how this is a killer. We can't trust him. Blah 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 blah. And he's like, if I'm supposed to be this leader, how can I be a leader if my own mother won't even listen to me? Right. And, and then he takes his hands off of it, and then she puts the hammer down, and you think she smashes it. And uh, she doesn't. And she's like, fine, we'll play it your way. And that's where they flip something on the chip. They put it in. And then Arnold comes back on and he's like, was there a problem? And John's like, there wasn't a problem, not a problem at all. And he just smiles at his mom. And that's at that point where you see Arnold looking out the window. Man, why do you think they cut this? This was such a pivotal scene, dude. It makes no sense. I really don't know because they they – had to have sunk a nice chunk of change into this scene too, into the Arnold head and all that stuff. You know, I don't understand it because it is a kind of a pivotal plot point of how does this machine suddenly at the the flip of a switch, you know, start to learn and start to become more human, you know, almost and just completely change his demeanor it's I, I don't understand why it was cut out. I don't know if it was just for length. I, I don't know. Now, I want to say this. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, of course he's my favorite action star of all time. I, I have so much fun with him, but I think a lot of people say he can act, which in a lot of his movies you can say that, but I in this movie, he has such acting cred. This sequence here where he's holding perfectly still, and there, and John's picking up his hand. He's not moving. His facial expressions and him trying to be a human character throughout this movie. He has some big acting chops in this movie, man. And people don't give him the credit that he deserves. The, I mean, for me, this is. I mean, this is it, man. I mean, this is the pivotal Arnold for me, dude. I agree. You no, know? I mean he was. Don't get me wrong, man. I mean, he thought he was awesome in uh, Predator and everything, but. It just this sequence. I was shocked of how good he was able to play dead. You know, mm-hmm. like his eyes were like so wide, and he didn't flinch or move, and he his hand just stayed in the same spot for like twenty minutes. I don't know, man. It was so good. It's such a phenomenal scene, and it's just it sucks so bad that they cut it out. So, but it leads us to another kind of great scene that brings us the iconic line from this movie right they're in the car and he's john connor's teaching him now how to act yeah like a person <laughs> you know like no we don't say affirmative <laughs> this is how we talk and he starts dropping his <laughs> horrible 90s lingo it's just great hey wait, wait wait can we can we go off can we go off mic real quick all right totally totally okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. all right so in this sequence mm-hmm. there's something that's really funny and i don't know if we can say it on the podcast what is it he says dickwad. <laughs> can we say that on the podcast? Dude, I think we go for it, man. What are they going to care? Well, I mean, is it a swear word? I mean, people are named Dick, and you can say Dick after 7 o'clock, and Wad's not a bad name. And if you put it together, is Dickwad a bad name? Bad word? Dude, my grandpa's name is Dickwad. I think it's okay. Really? Okay. Yeah, if, if they got a problem with it, that's their problem. Okay. All right. Well, uh-huh. All right. All right. Let's go ahead. All right. So, yeah. Go ahead, sir. Let's talk yeah, about it. Yeah. So, I, I, I love it when he's just teaching him. How to respond to people if they got a problem with him or what they should what what he should say instead of talking like a robot. Yeah, he's like uh, you know, uh what does he say? No problemo. 
you know, or, nope. or if you don't like it, eat me. And then, and then he's like, uh, you know, uh, later dickwad and, or you could combine them. Chill out. Dickwad. <laughs> dickwad. Yeah. And then we get the, the big line from the movie finally comes out where he says, and then when you want to just, you know, when you're done with somebody, you just say, <laughs> hasta la vista, baby. Hasta la vista, baby. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> so good, man. I love it. It's so awesome, dude. Good times. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. A lot of people think that, and arguably so, the movie slows down. Oh, it does. But here's it's the good, thing. Though. This movie has so much balls, and I, I'm going to say this the reason why. Most action movies will not take the time to build characters. This movie stops, pauses, and takes 20 minutes to build more character depth, character story, history, the whole work. So this Mexico sequence, everything, I love it, dude. Yeah, no, I love this. You get a nice long stretch where there's no bad guy. And you're just kind of forwarding the story. You get you get Arnold explaining how Skynet was built and how it became self-aware. You get you get a better understanding of what happened in the future. What's what's causing all this? You know, through through that explanation, you you know, and, and one of my favorite things, and it is so small in this movie, but I just love it every time. Is so they're out in the desert, right? And and Sarah Connor tells the guy, like, look. We need we need your vehicle, we need food, we need your vehicle, and John, you and you and the Terminator here, you're on weapons detail, and so they he I love how he he opens up the weapons cache down underneath, and they go down there and they're looking at different guns, looking at different guns, and when Arnold lifts the tarp and you see the minigun from the Predator, yeah, he, he has Jesse Ventura's minigun there. I so love he. He lifts the tarp, he picks it up, and he gives this little smile. He has this little smile on his face when he picks it up, and I just love that every time. It's so minor, but it's great. You know what sells it, though, is John Connor. That's definitely you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, backing up a little bit in the director's cut, uh, when uh, remember when he stole the money in the beginning of the movie from the ATM? She says... Sarah goes, do we have any money? He goes, well, I have a couple hundred dollars. I'll split it with you. She takes all of his money. He's like, mom. And he goes, here, go buy some food. And they go to buy food. And he starts, and he's like, speaking of which, you need to learn to lighten up. And then he starts to talk to him about smiling. So he looks at a guy across the street who's on the telephone. He does this half smile. And he starts to do this dumb smile to John Connor. And John's like, yeah, maybe you should go look in the mirror and practice. (laughs) And then Arnold gives him this stone cold dead look. And it was hilarious, man. It was so good. And that's how he learned to crack that smile in that scene because he had just learned how to smile earlier in the cut scene that they didn't show. Sure. I remember that now. Yeah. And then when they're uh, picking out the guns, John starts to explain his childhood about how – uh, about school and stuff that they cut out before Arnold picks up that gun. Because, mm. you know, that scene, they're just messing with guns and he picks it up. There you go. But yep. they're spending time. And uh, actually, Arnold picks up John and moves him to the other side of the room because he's like, don't you have any feelings? You know, aren't, aren't you worried about dying or anything like that? And then he starts talking about how uh, how he went to school and who he learned from. And I'm supposed to be this great leader. And that's when Arnold picks up the gun. So 
that was another cool sequence nice. that shouldn't have been cut out. So then he tries to get Arnold to give him five. Yeah, and I te- love it. <laughs> it's put so your good. hand out. <laughs> it's true, and, and then that's when you get Sarah's commentary. I the way Linda Hamilton does the commentary mm-hmm. is so good because she she does it in such a melancholy way. Right. You know, she's so opposite. She's like the Sarah part one. It's like if the Sarah part one was watching part two. It kind of almost. That's kind of how I feel when I listen to her commentate about how he'll never leave him, you know, and who would have thought that this guy would, you know, it's kind of the perfect match, so on and so forth. And then we get a sequence that was cut out of the film that builds character development for Mr. Dyson. So uh, his wife's at the pool and calls him on one of those baby monitor things, you know, like, or like if you're in an intercom, you know, you yep. want to be buzzed in. He's talking to him on that. He's on the computer and she comes in, which is also the boss of uh, law and order for all those people who used to watch the law and order. That's right. And, uh, she's like, Hey, I thought you were going to take the kids to the water park. He's like, baby, I'm so close to cracking this. And, and they, and she, he starts to explain what the chip is. And she said, Oh no, you already told me blah, 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 blah. But, this chip doesn't love you like your family does. And it and then he decides to shut down his work and he gives her a kiss and and then she's like why don't you tell your kids, you know, you know, that how much you love them and let's all go to the water park. So it's about a good 3 minute sequence of just him trying to explain his work to her and her trying to say I love you for what you're doing, but you know, you have a family you know, we're here for you. And it, it's just, it's really building his character more to make him even more of a likable guy that he still puts down his work when all said and done to be with this family, which was a really cool sequence that was cut out, unfortunately. I agree. So yeah. that was a really good one. Um, oh, in the desert, I love when he picks up the kid, Uncle Bob, you know, he picks up the little kid oh, with yeah. one hand. I always, <laughs> I always love that shot. It was so good. And then we get uh, Sarah's dream, man. We get the full blown scene. Now, this is what we call practical effects, people. You know, when we talk about 80s, you know, we see little statues or whatever. Uh, this is the only sequence in the film that I know uh, is practical effect. And I know what scene are practical effects, like where a fan will blow over all these buildings, but it still looks phenomenal. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the sequence, man? I mean, it's still effective in 2014, man. This blast comes and and burns everything alive. You see Sarah, you see Linda Hamilton's real life twin sister playing right. with, you know, playing with the kid and she gets burned alive, man. It's, it's a crazy sequence, man. It is pretty crazy, man. And it, it, it still works. And uh, I'd read that. Um, I don't know if it was like some agency in the defense department or some, some scientific agency had come out and said that it was the most realistic uh, re- the most realistic portrayal of what you know a hydrogen bomb or atomic bomb would look like, and its effects. The most realistic portrayal on film that they'd seen. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow, dude, that's cool, man. I never know that. It's pretty awesome. Yep. Yeah, that it's still you know I I think it's the one I. This is one of those movies where I don't want to watch the special features because I don't want to know how they did stuff. But mm-hmm. this is one of those things that I caught on HBO one night and I, I watched them take the, you know, fire and the fan and blow down the houses and stuff. And the scene where she's on fire and I don't know, it's all practical, but it still looks so good, man. I'm telling you, this is this is the crap that they would CGI and it just wouldn't look good today, man. So, um. Uh, right after this sequence, uh, before Sarah takes off, 
is uh, John talking to the Terminator again about how you, you just can't go around killing people because we have feelings. It's just not right. And he tries to explain human emotion to the Terminator, which is really cool character development right there, which yeah. will explain later about the crying thing and stuff like that. Because, I mean, they touch on that, but he's just like, look, you can't go around killing people because we have feelings. We have morals. It's something you can't understand, but it, it stops you from doing these bad things. That's why you can't go around doing it. And he and he, the Terminator is starting to get it and understand it. You know, yep. it's pretty cool. So, uh, what's our next big sequence, sir? Let's see here. Uh, oh, the Miles attacks sequence. Woo! This is crazy, man. Where Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor comes with her rifle, man. She's, oh yeah, that's right. She, she's gonna shoot up the house. You know, he's working it. If this kid had obeyed his mom, his dad would be dead. Yep. That's, that's all I'm going to say. So sometimes when, the, cho- when the children dis- disobey, it could save your life. That's the moral of the story, folks, because <laughs> he, he didn't go to bed and he wanted to play his radio control car and he hit his dad with it and he bent down to grab it and there goes a bullet hole to his monitor. So <sighs> That's right, man. So what He's do you, a sniper. It's good times, man. And what I like, again, the emotional... Um, confliction she's having here. She's yeah. so ready to pull that trigger, yep. and she has a she has a breakdown, and she does it so good, man. What's your thoughts, sir? Yeah, I agree. It is great because she she is. She's like, I have to kill this guy. You know, it just it has to happen. He's unwittingly leading the uprise of the machines. You know, and we we have to take him out. And this is what she's. You can tell that all these years that she's been in that mental hospital going through the abuse and just going through hell that she's kind of gone through this in her head. What she would do, what if she ever gets out, if she ever has a chance, what she needs to do. Right. And all of a sudden now she's being told by her son, who she knows in her heart of hearts is the leader of the resistance. And she's being told by this Terminator, who's pretty much proved his worth to her, that no, we can't do this. Right, you know? right. It's so conflicting because you have she spent you know a decade basically like this is these are the good guys these are the bad guys this is what I have to do <laughs> it's like no 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 you can't do that it it's true um, now here's the thing I was going to ask you which is in the director's cut I'm not sure if it's in the theatrical cut when he's trying to you know consult his mom and she's saying you know I almost killed him mm-hmm. she tells John that she loves him very much does she do that in the theatrical cut? Oh gosh, you know what? I don't remember. She she hugs him and says, "I love you so much." You know, um, and she basically is redeeming herself from the car. Mm-hmm. And I think it's cut out of the theatrical. And I yeah, I, I honestly don't remember. Okay, uh, for those of you out there, you know, watch that scene and let me know. But if if it is in the director's cut and not in the theatrical cut, that sucks because it's a beautiful scene where she's just crying and just saying, John, I really love you and mm-hmm. gives him a hug and stuff. Okay, here's my nitpick of the film. Are you ready? Right. And and I can't say it's minor because it's I don't know. Maybe it could be shock. Okay, so uh, the Terminator, John Walken, and you know, he's like show them. So Arnold comes up and John takes the kid to his room right what mom would ever let some stranger take (laughs) her kid to his room let alone strangers who just tried to come in your house to kill you i don't think she has a choice that's my nitpick 
She doesn't have a, what's she going to do? Uh, these people are heavily armed. This guy's got a minigun. She's got a sniper rifle. Like, okay, go with the kid. Yeah, you'll probably be safer than with these monsters. Yeah. And he doesn't have his minigun in this scene, though. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. He he just pulls out his knife. I mean, this is before he cuts his arm and stuff. I'm yeah, just, yeah. I mean, I'm going to go with shock because, you know, her husband's on the floor, got a bullet hole in him and stuff. But he's just like, you know, come with me. Come near. Show me your room. And she just looks at him. And then, like, instantly looks at Arnold. And it's just like, what? Mo- I don't care, man. A mother would, like, say, no, don't you touch my son. I get it that if that had happened, it would ruin the scene. I'm just saying, we're talking logically here, that pisses me off. <laughs> I'm just saying. But anyways, we get an awesome sequence where Arnold slices open his arm, and damn, it looks good. It does. Man. So good. I mean, they show him cutting and slicing and ripping his arm off. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, man, flawless. Good times. All right, you want to get to my name pick on this? Yeah, let's do it. The next scene, oh, he's cut his exoskeleton off. He, You see the Terminator arm underneath. The next scene, they're sitting at the dining room table. <laughs> Where'd he get the he's, glove? <laughs> he's just wearing this leather glove that just fits perfectly on this hand. <laughs> what? Do they make gloves meant for these mechanical hands? <laughs> he just happened to have one? Oh, man. That's Good thing good. I brought my left glove and not my right. I knew you were going to say that, too. <laughs> I knew it. But that's that's so good, though, man. Good times. But maybe, you know, because with your last one, I said, hey, he's got it in the trunk. So sure. maybe Dyson's got somebody's hanging around his house. He's like, hey, I got a glove for you. I use it for fishing. Here you go. <laughs> I want that cut scene to be in the movie. Right? So there you go. They start exchanging fishing tips. It's, yeah, I'm in on it. Yeah. Uh, I love the commentary, though. My favorite line. For somebody who killed three billion people, he took it awfully well. <laughs> oh, I love that line. All right. So what I really dig is the highway sequence where they're, you know, for the first time we're on an unforeseeable future. And they just show the highway, which, of course, they'll do at the very end of the movie. But this is your first shot. They're on their way to Cyberdyne, you know, uh, to, to shut everything down. But they they have that highway sequence. I love that shot, dude. And I, I love the imagery. It's trying to tell you that now they've changed the future. Right. So what's going to happen now is not predetermined. Yep. You know, and that's something. And you still have an hour left of the film to go. That's pretty awesome, actually, you know? (laughs) All right, man. So we finally get the return of the T-1000. He's been missing for 50 minutes. Yeah, he finally shows up. Hey, guys. Do you remember this guy? Yeah, he returned. (laughs) His last line was, hey, that's a nice bike. And then you don't see him again for 50 minutes, which is okay. You know, we don't need character development of this guy. We need character development with everybody else. So they made the right choice here. But uh, we, uh, you know... This sequence is awesome. When they go in and, uh, you know, they try to break in, the silent alarm goes off, and we had John pulling out his ATM machine. It's all right. I could break I could break <laughs> into this. This is good times, you know? And then I one of the sequences that was cut out is uh, after they're, they're in the room before the cops, like, really start to storm the place, mm-hmm. and Arnold has an axe in his hand, and uh, Dyson goes, hey, can I borrow that? And he destroys the big chip 
uh, version of the CPU, the one that okay. he, he had been staring at earlier in the film, mm-hmm. he destroys that with an axe, and then he gives it back to Arnold. So oh. it's small, but it's cool. It's effective, you know? It's like he really wants to, you know, officially make sure nothing exists. You know, it's good times. All right. So a lot of people joke uh, about the sequence where, which again, slow motion, very effective. The the SWAT team comes in, they shoot up the place and they get miles. They hit him three times. And uh, which thank God he didn't drop that bomb, guys. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) But, you know, he he starts to do the breathing that is going to last for a little while. But a lot of people laugh at that. But I, I think it's effective. You know, it's it's showing you the guy has a will to survive long enough to let the damage be done that needs to be done. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. So what do you think, man? Overall, this whole sequence uh, from Arto getting out the Jesse Ventura gun, taking <laughs> out all the SWAT team, you know, no casualties. Excellent stuff, man. What do you think? Yeah, he's just blasting up squad cars. That's all he's doing. Just tearing them to ribbons. <laughs> um. I like it because, you know, it is now we're starting to ramp up. We're ramping up towards the climax of this movie. Yeah. You know, the no more slowdowns. Yeah. We're, we're done with all that. We've, we've gotten where we need to be. Now it's time, you know, we're, we're destroying chips. Now we got to deal with this other guy, this guy that we've been dealing with before. We got to, it's time to start dealing with this guy. I love it. I love this whole scene and, and, and where it's leading us. Yeah, you know, we get our two famous lines pretty much back-to-back. The two lines that we get in every Arnold movie is, trust me, mm-hmm. and I'll be back. So he goes to take on the SWAT team with the Jesse Ventura gun. He goes, trust me. But he's like, you promised. And he just looks at him, trust me. He takes out all the cars. He comes back. They throw the gas, and he goes, stay here. I'll be back. Now, this is the sequence we had in the first movie where we get the robotic Arnold. It does look better. This is the only scene in the movie that is dated for me. Is when Arnold's getting shot in the face. Clearly, you couldn't have real bullets hit his face. I get it. It looks better than the first movie, but it's the only thing that looks dated in the film for me. Huh, okay. What do you think? Do you not agree with that? I mean, do you think this looks flawless or what? I don't I don't think it looks flawless. Anytime you're dealing with prosthetic face, it's tough. You know, anytime you're you're dealing with with that, but I thought they did a thousand percent better than the original. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. It is. I mean, and they they don't spend a lot of close up shots. You know, right. they, they actually well, they're smart. Yeah, they 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 knew what they they kind of knew. I mean, number one, they were low budget in the first movie, so they're like, hey, we got more money. We want to do this sequence again. We want to do it better. So let's do like two or three close-ups of a face of like, boom, there goes a bullet. There goes a piece of face. Blah 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 blah. But they do it so much better, you yeah. know, no doubt about it. Uh, and then he starts shooting the kneecaps, man. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh, it's so funny. Even Everybody though, gets one. Even Yeah, right? Even though I know it's coming, it's just so good. And then, like, when he'll go get the truck here, hold this, and he takes the guy's gas mask off, and he just falls. I love when he shoots the one guy in the back, you know? And he's like, oh, it hurts. It hurts so bad, you know? <laughs> And then, and then Arnold goes crashing. How did he not know he was going to run over all those dudes that he just popped in the kneecaps? I don't know. You'd think his uh, Terminator vision would see that. I mean, I, he obviously didn't run over anybody. They all got out of the way. I'm just saying. I think maybe he calculated that just long enough where he's like, yeah, they should be out of the way by now. He- <laughs> they should be out of the way. They look like they're able to get out of the way. And then we get this same exact sequence of part one, but sequel... We got to do it better. 
And man, do they do better. We get the uh, semi-truck chase scene at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in the in the first one, we had, you know, uh, the semi-truck going after Kyle and, and, and uh, Sarah while they're trying to throw bombs. This time, they're in a truck that can't go over 65 miles an hour, and you're dealing with the helicopter. And then that eventually crashes. And I love the guy that, that comes up to him with like, are you okay? And Arnold just gives him that look like, are you serious? You know. <laughs> and then we get the semi, you know, Arnold versus the semi. And it's very cool. It's very reminiscent of the first movie, but it's done such bigger and badder and better. Oh, oh yeah. It's just amazing, man. It, it kind of looks to me like it's something that, that James Cameron in the first one wished he could have done more with, but just – you know, constraints of technology at the time. It almost seems like this one, like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it the way I wanted to the first time. Yeah, because directors do that. You know, like, uh, Jane, um, you know, James Hahn or James. Oh God. Okay. The, ori- uh, the original director of Fast and Furious 3, 4, 5, and 6. Oh, my God. Billy Joe. No, not James Wan. That's the guy Bill that took Joe. over now. Um, Stevie. All right. Anyways. Johnson. Oh, dude, it I should know this man. It's my Slippy, franchise. Slappy Swami. <laughs> Samsonite. <laughs> I was way off. Anyways, he wanted to do the, you know, the thousand mile highway sequence or runway sequence in Fast Five, and he couldn't afford it, so he saved it for Fast Six. So it's the same thing for Terminator. You know, like I agree with you. James Cameron was like, I still want to do this. I'll save it for the sequel when we get more money, you know. Yep. Good times. And then, uh, man, this whole like uh, end sequence with the nitrogen is so good because technically, let's just say he got frozen. And then, you know, we had the Hasta La Vista baby. He gets shot. If he wasn't around Cole, dude was done. Movie's over. Because the heat is what brought the liquid back. So the movie would have been over had they... And liquid nitrogen just laying around, I guess, and froze him, you know, and then shot him. The movie would be over. But it's cool, man. You know, it's like, oh, the killer keeps coming back. You know, rule number three of Scream, you know? Yeah. It really, how are you going to kill this guy? Right. He just keeps coming and coming and coming. Now, uh, here's something I want to ask you that I don't know if is in the theatrical cut. and makes so much more sense now. After he gets shot and he comes back together, when uh, they're taking off, and the T-1000 is walking, he puts his hand on a railing, and all of a sudden, sticks. it sticks, and his hand starts to turn the color of the railing. Is no, that... that's just in the director. Okay. It's in the special edition. I didn't get this. When I watched this, you know, I was like, what the hell? I don't get it. And then as he's walking, his feet are turning colors. Mm-hmm. It didn't make any sense to me until the last five minutes of the movie, because the sequence where... Uh, he's pretending to be Sarah Connor and Sarah's behind him and he says to move. The only reason he knows that that's his mom is when he, because of the feet, he looks down and the feet are the same feet as this, uh, what he's standing on. And that's only in a director's cut. And it made so much more sense because I was always like, how the hell you know that's your mom? Right. It always pissed me off. And now it makes perfect sense. And it's like, why did you cut that? Exactly. So stupid because I was so confused as he walked and I'm like, wait, so clearly he's damaged because he got back together. He's malfunctioning, but I don't get how he's malfunctioning. That's kind of what I was thinking to myself, you know, because I didn't know that that's how that end sequence was going to go with the feet, you know. So Arnold gets jacked up, man. 
really bad. I mean, seriously, had he not, you know, terminated himself, would you really want this guy hanging around with one arm and no face? Big, big spear impaled through him. <laughs> what do you think of the fight, man? I mean, seriously, we're dealing with metal versus liquid, and I think they do a phenomenal job. Uh, they do. This fight sequence, man. Even this is this scene, man, is the one thing that I love about the scene is so you've got the fight and it's shot really well and it's lit really cool and it looks great. But more than anything is the sounds during this fight. The sounds are so effective of the two of them just going at it and the, all the different all the different sounds that you have of when Arnold's throwing punches, you know, and when you have. When you have the T-1000 going at it, it's so effective and it, it helps you believe what's really happening. Right. You know, and I just, it's really cool. Just that, that space that they're in is really cool. You know, just so much going on in the background, like, whoa, yeah. you know, anything could happen. One of my favorite effects is when T-1000 gets thrown against the wall and mm-hmm. he changes from face to back. Right. You, yeah, you know, that's you cool. know yeah. I've always loved that effect. It's one of my favorite T1000 effects by far. Yeah. And it what's really cool is uh is when Sarah sends John away and he's just crying mom mom because she knows the T1000 is coming after him. That was just so cool cuz that's what Sarah Connor would do is, mm-hmm. you know, send John away. And I just love it even with the spear in her shoulder. She's just telling him to F off, you know, right. <laughs> it's just, that's so Sarah Connor to the T man. It's so awesome. Good times. Now we have one bullet left that just happens to be the bullet we need to take out the tournament, which really it does make sense because she did so much damage of almost knocking him off. It would make sense that that bullet would push him that far off and make him yeah. explode, you know. But I mean, at this point, the movie is almost three hours long. We got to end it, you know. But it, it's a great way to kill the T1000. And my favorite thing, though, is that it shows you all the people that he was. Yeah. It's like Freddy Krueger, you know. When Freddy Krueger's dying, you see all the souls come out of him, of all the people he killed. Same thing with the T1000. All those souls, if you will, are coming out of the T1000. It's just an awesome effect. I really mm-hmm. love it. So. Yep. And then uh, I'm telling you, man, still to this day, it's still a heart-wrenching scene for me is having John say bye to the Terminator, man. Right, because the Terminator tells him, I can't terminate myself. You have to do it. Yeah. And uh, just like, you know, my favorite line in the whole movie is, now I know why you cry. It's it's so simple but so effective, you know. And, man, it's just – it's so good, man. I'm telling you, I – I've seen this movie like 50 times and I think I cried like seven of them <laughs> all the first seven times. What's I wrong with your eyes? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> I got dusted up. So, oh man. Um, sir, uh, before we give our rating, which I don't think is going to be a surprise. Uh-huh. I just want to say this, that, um, for me, Terminator three, four comics, TV shows, none of those exist. I was hoping you'd say that. For me, it's Terminator 1, 2, and I am done. I don't ever watch or look back at anything else. I am officially done at number two. (laughs) That was the exact phrase that was in my head when you started was, they don't exist. They're dead to me. To me, uh, as Halloween Resurrection does not exist after H2O, Terminator 3, 4, TV shows, comics, they all don't exist. 
These are two perfect, flawless, back-to-back, time-traveling, back-to-the-future style movies that you screw up making any more after this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this, yeah, I am done. I will never, I watched Terminator 3 one time. I will never watch it again. I didn't even try to watch Salvation. I never Ugh. watched any TV show, nothing. In fact, you're going to have a lot of angry emails from guys who love the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which is fine. You know, I, I hear lots of love for that show and I respect anybody who loves that. For me, I end at Terminator 2. I am done. I'm I, with you. I don't look back. So I got your back, brother. Awesome. So because for me, this is when I think of sequels, what a sequel should be. This is the big one, man. I mean, as much as like the Dark Knight is like the Dark Knight doesn't compare to Terminator 2 because the Dark Knight's a crime drama. It's not an action packed movie like this, you know, so I don't even put the Dark Knight with the Terminator 2. It's like this is the epitome of greatest sequel ever. I don't know. It's just it's so flawless, man. It's I I don't know, man. I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm I'm trying to think as you're talking about just action movie sequels. Yeah. Because like for me, there's a lot of other sequels that I think surpass the original. I think Empire Strikes Back is better than Star Wars. There's a few Agreed. other ones. Um, but for action movies, because action movies are usually tougher to make sequels because you, if the first one is great enough to uh, have a sequel, it's tough to not go to the same well. You know, and kind of hit the same beats. Like for me, I love, love, love Die Hard Two. Yeah. But Die Hard Two is really for me on the same plane as the first Die Hard. Right. It's same thing with like Lethal Weapon. I really love the second one, but it's it's kind of similar on the same plane as the first one. This one surpasses the original. Yeah, in every way, shape, and form. Yeah, and I can't think of another action movie off the top of my head that the sequel surpasses the original. Um, I, I just can't come up with one. I mean, you know, if anybody was to say that this is their favorite Arnold movie, how could you possibly give anybody, you know, crap for that? That's true. It, it, I believe it's my second favorite Arnold movie. Your first is uh, Predator, right? Correct. Excellent choice. I mean, we gave that five stars, but Predator is such a different movie than this, you know? But I mean, if I want to watch a Terminator movie, this is the one that I'm doing, man, you know? Oh yeah. I've watched this one 10 times more than I've seen the original. Yeah. But you know, back to back, they're so good, man. That's why I'm done, man. I I mean, (laughs) you know, and I'm a completist, you know, I even have Batman and Robin for God's sake. Do I own Terminator 3 and 4? Hell no. <laughs> That's telling. Yeah. I even and Mike ha- loves bad movies. I yeah, I'm the epitome of bad movies. So, but come on. House Party 2, Haunted House. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. I won't even go there. So, but So, you give this movie three and a half stars is what you're saying. Exactly. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, for me, dude, this is as close, I mean, dude, is, this is the most perfect sequel that I can think of. So, and, and again, even though you guys know my love of the Dark Knight trilogy, I don't put the Dark Knight in this category because it's such a different film than this movie. 
So it it's in two separate worlds. So when I think of amazing action sequels, I mean nothing touches this. So and the thing is, this movie has been has been tried and copied and failed millions of times. Yep. You know. So I think the only I just came up with one. The only other like actiony sci-fi sequel I can think of is I th- I think Aliens is far better than the original Alien. James Cameron as well too. Yeah. And that's just my opinion. That I've only and the thing is, you know, I've seen half of Alien uh, Aliens. Mm-hmm. I've never finished it, but even the half I saw was better than the first Alien. Yeah. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, dude, I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's five stars for me. Uh it, it, and the funny thing is, would this be my favorite Arnold movie? I mean, this is the epitome of Arnold, so it it yeah, man, it's really hard to say because I I recognize the fact of this is the most perfect Arnold you can possibly get, but there's so much of Arnold that I love that I can't deny all the other stuff. I mean, Commando. It's either this or End of Days, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've said millions of times Commando is my favorite action film of all time. But, mm-hmm. you know, but that's because of the ridiculous fun factor of that movie, killing sure. 700 guys and with 30 bullets. It's just amazing, you know? But, yep. but I mean, being serious, though, I mean, this would be arguably this is the greatest Arnold movie you will ever watch. So Yeah, I, I, I have this right up there with Predator. Um, you know, I kind of, in my mind, I kind of have tiers of Arnold movies and it's this and Predator are really in the top tier. And then you have like Running Man and Commando and things like that. Um, but yeah, this is, I, I think this and Predator are the only two five star movies yeah. that, that I have of Arnold's that Agreed. I really enjoy. Agreed. Those two would be my five stars and then the rest, you know, fours and threes yeah and start so, taking steps down yeah exactly so sir for sure we're gonna do some running man this year um we are going to do uh let's see we're for fun we are gonna do last action hero because you're gonna rip and i'm gonna love so i'm looking forward to that it's gonna be fun uh now i love me some red heat what about you sir do i you- have red heat sitting on the shelf i okay. can watch that all right so we'll do some red heat uh, and then let's see what, okay. Um, what other Arnold movies? What about are, some twins? I already did twins. Did you? Do we need to redo twins together? No, no, no. If you already did it, yeah. that's fine. I did twins for my Christmas episode. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's when Arnold wasn't too nice to me on that. That's that right. Episode. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I did let's twins. Not do, let's not do Junior. I've done Twins and Commando, so unfortunately I can't do Commando. But what about some Kindergarten Cop? I already did Kindergarten Cop, fool. You son of a... All right. <laughs> Look, can we have a talk off air real quick? Yeah. Look, dude, there's a lot of movies I want to do that you've done before. Let's just erase those from the feed and we start over. We can have episode 100 all over again that way. Yeah, but... Episode, well, we don't want to do 100 over again because... I had Billy Zapka on it. I'm so confused. All right. Well, I guess we'll have to find a different Arnold movie. But I mean, maybe maybe the STL Nation wouldn't mind if like we like redid Commando and Twins, you know, because you'll be on there and we'll have a lot more fun. But I don't know. We'd have to see what they think. All right. We'll talk about it later. Okay. We'll talk. All right. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, what other Arnold movie? Eraser. You want to do? No. That? <laughs> You're not a fan of that one, are you, sir? <laughs> we can. I, I, 
I, all right, we could do Eraser, but I have a feeling it might be the same talk as Last Action Hero. Excellent, excellent. Um, let me look here. Let me look. There's got to be one. Let's see. All right, yeah. All right, let, let me pull up the man's history What here. about Have You Done True Lies? I have not, and I love that movie with some James Cameron and Jamie Lee Curtis. Dude, let's do some True Lies. All right, so what's, Definitely. The, what's the next Arnold movie we should do? The Running Man, since we did some Jesse Ventura and, uh, you know, uh, Predator, and then we'll do True Lies. What do you think? Or should we follow up a James Cameron movie with a James Cameron movie? Oh, I don't know if it matters. I mean, th- dude, there's a lot of movies. We got Conan movies. We got we got Raw Deal. Oh, <laughs> we got Red. We got Red Heat. Yeah, yeah. Love yep. some Drago. Some Good. Last Action Hero. True Lies. I'm down for whatever. Heck yes, sir. Except Junior, though, we're not doing that. One. Yeah, we're not doing Junior. Okay. Maybe. And- how about this? How about we put a poll up? All right. Uh, which the next Arnold movie is? We'll, we'll throw a few options up there. Yeah, sounds good. I, I'm doing it. But the next episode is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yes. That's the next episode. And then we're, we're the next episodes are finishing off the Indiana Jones series so we can get it done and over with. And, Perfect. You know, that that's the plan is, uh, again, don't know when that's going to happen. So you guys have to bear with us because it all depends on the weather. But the next scheduled episodes are... You know, outside underground hour is all the rest of the Indiana Jones movies. So there you go. So I dig it. All right, sir. We actually have uh, some emails. So should we get to hear what the STL Nation has to say? Let's get into it. One shot, everything rides on two. So you guys just heard the new intro song. Well, as you guys know, this is a new year. It is a new update, new slogan. So there you go. So, sir, our new slogan, I'm sure you understand what Very Good Times is, don't you, sir? (laughs) I know it all too well. Yes, it's a combination of your catchphrase and my catchphrase put together. Very Good Times. There you go. That's the new slogan of STL, folks. I love that's our catchphrases without we didn't even try. I know it's and it works so good together. Sure. But yeah, I decided to it's a new year. We got a new segment. Might as well update the current segments. We all love you're the best, but the reason why I picked this song is for a few different reasons. Uh, you know, Fast and Furious franchise is my favorite franchise, but we own it is for you guys because you own this time and most of all, you guys are the crew that I ride with. It makes perfect sense. And besides, majority of people said that was their favorite song from the top 20 list, so it fits. So there you go, sir. I like it. Good times, man. All right. Uh, we actually have uh, our first email comes from uh, Hurricane Andrew. And uh, he had a few things to say, sir, uh, that I need to pull up here. Give me one second. He wanted to write us uh, two emails. And the first one was basically a story uh, for us. It was written around Christmas time, and he wanted us to know this. Hey, Mike, I just wanted to thank you and wish you and the family a Merry Christmas. I can't even remember how I found the podcast now, but I'm glad I did. 2013 was a very crazy year for me. I had a lot of ups and downs as far as work and health-related stuff. When I was out of work, 
I had to do what I had to do that involved a lot of lonely manual labor in crawl spaces under houses and stalling installation. I don't know if you've ever done that, but it sucks. It's dark, it's cold, your knees hurt, and you can't breathe because of all the dust, and you can barely see because of it too. The installation itself makes life miserable because it gets on your skin, itches like crazy, makes you miserable. Uh, I also drive thousands upon thousands of miles all over New Jersey doing deliveries, gain a, uh, gain a very lonely job. My, I hurt my neck very badly while training around July, August uh, in MMA, and so my physical activity was limited at the time, making me miserable. Another thing I've struggled with since I was a small kid uh, is terrible panic attacks, and often uh, they happen while I'm driving. So basically, I just want to let you know that Jameson and you have made life easier for me just by doing this podcast. It helped me get through many rough hours and to focus on something positive instead of the negative stuff. You guys affect people in a positive way, which I'm not sure you even know about, so I'm telling you now. Thank you for everything means more than you know. Hurricane Andrew. Wow. Oh, man. Really great. It was, man. Uh, good. I, I had to ask him. I was like, Wait, dude, is it all right if I share this? Because this is pretty incredible. And uh, thank you, sir. I mean, man, you guys know how much I love you guys. So, I mean, this is why we do this show. And I'm just glad that us having fun uh, kind of makes things merrier for you guys. So, and hearing these things are just, you know, it's just so good, man. So, thank you so much. Wow. Yeah. So, here's what he had to say about Terminator 2. Terminator 2 is one of my favorite movies ever. This is probably Arnold's best performance ever because he didn't have to show a whole lot of emotion. Ha <laughs> ha. But really, he was just born to play the Terminator. Pat, uh, Robert Patrick is a very scary dude in this movie and a perfect villain. Linda Hamilton's transformation from her character in the original to this one is crazy, and she did an amazing job of portraying a warrior on a mission. This is also Eddie Furlong's best performance ever, minus his voice cracking every five minutes in the movie. I think the special effects hold up pretty well considering this movie is 22 years old, and I love that score. To get psychological, I take the movie as a warning against a progressively postmodern culture where at the end of a machine ends up making a moral decision to save the human race, uh, which just goes to show how far the human race has fallen. In the Terminator's words, it's the nature, it's our nature to destroy ourselves. It also highlights some of the dangers that are coming along with our increasing reliability of technology to rule out our lives. That's uh, what I get out of it anyways. Okay, enough of the psychological crap. This is just a badass movie with a lot of awesome Arnold violence. My favorite scene in the movie is uh, Terminator's introduction in the biker bar as he proceeds to kick the crap out of everybody and ride off with that one dude's gear and bike to the tone of bad to the bone. Badassery to its finest. And for the extra scenes on the special edition, I was actually fine with the theatrical version, although I thought the scene of Arnold trying to smile was hilarious. Probably too hilarious for this movie. Overall, this movie is definitely a 5 out of 5. I keep hearing news about Arnold being cast to reprise his role in Terminator 5. Ugh. Give it give it to Rock, man. I'm telling you. Although I don't know how he could pull it off at his age. But if anyone can, I guess it's Arnold. Dude, let it go, man. That's what I'm saying. If it goes down, I hope the series gets a serious shot in the arm uh, a la Fast and Furious and goes for another trilogy. Or they can just pick up where the second left off and forget three and four ever happened because they, because they sucked. I always thought Vin Diesel or The Rock would make the great Terminator if the series ever got a reboot. So I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. Hurricane Andrew. So Cool. He had some good things to say. So thank you, sir, for writing in. Always a good time to hear from you. 
Okay, sir. Here we go. We got John the Mailman wrote in, sir. It's been a long time. Yeah. Hello, Mike. T2 Judgment Day was an amazing movie for its time. And guess what? It's an amazing movie now. I can't believe how much it holds up. Some of my favorite moments are the mall fight uh, that goes into the bike chase. is so much fun. The hospital escape was also amazing. And one of the coolest parts of it, when the T-1000 goes through the cell and the gun gets stuck, is classic. Uh, when they go to Cyberdyne, a cool action scene. The don't kill anyone scene is fun. And me and my wife make fun of the hard breathing countdown till he drops the trigger. <laughs> a sad death, though. The ending is hot. Uh, the one thing the movie is is great is uh, the amazing action set pieces. And the thumbs up is still cool. And it's thumbs up still in my... Ugh. The thumbs up at the end is still cool in my book. Which, yeah, we didn't talk about that. It's awesome. Yep. The trip to Mexico is kind of slow. But with the voiceover, uh, uh, it's a little much, but it's kind of hard to rewatch it regularly. But it's still a strong 4.5 out of 5. But properly, it would be a 5 out of 5 most days. So have a great show. John the Mailman, consider his email delivered. Nice. Oh, so thank you, sir, so much for writing in. Excellent to hear from you. All right, sir. We have two more left. Big Trouble in China. That is not it. All right. We have Cheerful Charlie, sir. No way. How many words do you think you wrote this time? Uh, I put the over under at four. Okay. Terminator. Not including, not including the hello. Okay. <laughs> Terminator 2 was and is still my favorite out of the franchise. Arnold really played the Terminator, the, really played the part of the Terminator reprogramming reprogrammed to serve the resistance but he also learned what it meant to be human. Great movie and the Blu-ray special features on the Skynet edition were great. Cheerful Charlie. That's wow. A- so thank you, sir. You're stepping up your game. So by the end, epic. by the end of this year, I expect two full paragraphs from you, sir. That's <laughs> Be my careful what you ask for. That's my challenge, sir. Hmm. All right, man. We have one final email from Time Traveling Peter, and here's what he had to say: Greetings, Masunis Jameson and the STL Resistance. I hope everyone had a great New Year and staying warm for those exper- ex- yeah, experience experiencing negative degree temp oh sorry yep yeah he's trying to say i hope everyone had a great new year and stay warm experiencing (laughs) these negative degree temperatures sorry i can't read today folks here we are finally with terminator 2 or t2 as it's commonly referred to uh also started with a trend with these titles a complete ripoff would be uh clay fighter 2 judgment clay which is called c2 it was such a big hit it's one of those go-tos when people question if there's any sequels that outdid the first one. It's such a well-known movie and arguably Arnold's best and most successful. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I have anything really to say that probably hasn't been said already. I will, however, go over just a few things I really liked about the movie. The story. It was so well-written. There's callbacks to certain things or set up things that will happen later on in the movie. A small example is how John got hacked. Uh, hacked into the ATM. Later on in the movie, he uses the same technique to open a very secure door, which is true. It's the little things that like that that make me appreciate the writing. Also, I love how they show us Skynet and its key to the plot since uh, that's where the original Terminator chip and arm was kept, ultimately leading to further work at Skynet. Uh, oh, sorry, not Skynet, Cyberdyne. I, I meant to say Cyberdyne in my review, guys. Sorry. Yep. Uh, a scene I like was when John called home to 
on the payphone and Arnold catches the T-1000 slipping. What's wrong with Wolfie? The visual effects, anything that had to do with the T-1000 was awesome. Most of it was towards the end with him and Arnold. Uh, that fight was great. There were moments when he slammed up against the wall, his face first and uh, shifting around. It was crazy. And then when Arnold hits him in the face and his head morphs into his arm, that was great. Yep. The look of Arnold with his metallic skull showing his face scrapped up. I, I remember they used to have the makeup kit for that during Halloween. Did you ever get that, sir? No. One of the few things that I always felt uh, felt was bad was when they tried to hide Arnold's arm. So he appeared to have one missing. It clearly tucked inside in front. It's <laughs> clearly tucked in front of him. And he just looks weird. The music, hands down, one of the most epic themes ever. I even had it as a ringtone when phones were first able to have customized tones back in the late 90s. And can we not forget the awesome music video to Guns N' Roses, You Could Be Mine. Back when they used to play the entire video on MTV. Yes, MTV actually played music videos back then. The cast. Arnold did what he was supposed to do. Linda Hamilton is still a badass, even if she does a little jump, uh, start, skip before she runs. That's right. She does a little skip before she runs. Uh, Eddie Furlong was annoying at times, mainly the meow, a dip crap. See, yeah, and teaching Arnold slang. Robert Patrick was probably the best character in the movie. That run he does is wicked. I'm glad, dude, there's no way he's the best character in the movie, man. <laughs> Teach their own. It's all good, though. That run he does is wicked. I'm glad they put uh, thought into details on how he would look and make sure he wasn't breathing while he ran, which is true. Um, let's see. Uh, Butnick from Salute Your Shorts. His uh, foster mom, played by Jeanette Goldstein, has been in a lot of Cameron's films. I like her in all her roles. Joe Morton as Miles Dyson was good casting. I like him and, of course, Earl uh, as the doctor, who also is the only two appear in the first three along with Arnold. I'm glad they kept the same doctor who had a history with Sarah Connor. For the Breaking Bad fans, Hank... Schrader has a little role in here too. The poster is iconic with Arnold on the bike uh, with his shotgun. The movie is many things, including my first R-rated movie. It wasn't even I wasn't even 10 yet when this came out. It still holds up very well and looks phenomenal in Blu-ray. It's a must-see, uh, a must-own, and probably in a top 10 for a lot of people. It's a near-perfect movie and has few plot holes and mistakes, which those plot holes are all fixed in the director's cut. Uh, some of them make more sense in the deleted or extended scenes. I give this movie a solid five, two thumbs up, and a partridge in a pear tree. Hmm. It's so good. I don't think I did see this. I it's so good. I don't think I did justice in my email to say so much to say in so little time. So I leave you guys for now, and I'll see you in the next episode. Time traveling, Peter. Cool. Oh man, a lot of words, sir. So <laughs> indeed. So thank you guys so much for writing in. And did Peter get his email in for your uh, second taping of Movie Mojo? <laughs> he got it in just under the wire. Excellent. All right, sir. Before we go into the music spotlight, um, since this is a new year, 2014, I want to do a new segment on STL. Uh, you don't know about this, so you people listening, Jameson has no idea what I'm about ready to do here. So uh, we have the STL Nation. We have the music spotlight. So before the music spotlight, Every time you come on, and I'm only going to do this segment when you are on, it's going to be a segment called, What Movie Am I? Nobody steps on a church in my town. Okay, you people sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. And if we're not back by dawn, call the president. 
I shot him six times. I, I shot him in the heart. That... Calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... I'm Batman. Let's go. Thanks. All right. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. All right, so here we go. This is how we play the game. So I am going to name a scene in a movie, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to play out the scene for you, and then I'm going to say, at, when I'm done, what movie am I? Now, if you are stumped, you get one clue and one clue only. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you one, and if you guess it right, you get one point. Then right. you're then you're going to give me one. So I know you haven't had time to think about this. So I'll give you a couple minutes when I get done. Uh, and if I get it right, I get one point. So whoever gets the most points at the end of the year has to do something crazy for the other person. Okay. So I'm gonna keep track of this. So you, you only get one shot per every episode. So it's gonna be super fun. So I'm going to start off and uh, show you how it goes. So you ready, All right. sir? Sure. All right. Setting up the scene. All right, so you have a father and a son. They're hanging out in a cafe. One of them's eating cereal. The other one is just chilling. Five douchebags walk into the cafe and start to give them crap. What movie am I? Five douchebags Father and son eating cereal in a no. diner. Father and son are together uh-huh. in a diner. Okay. One of them's eating cereal. All right. Five douchebags walk into the cafe and start to give them crap. What movie am I? And keep in mind, you've seen this movie multiple times, sir. Back to the Future. Very good. One point. <laughs> you see how the game goes, sir? I do. All right. So you get that's your one point for this episode. So I'll give you a couple seconds here. And you think of a scene of a movie, and you describe it. And if I get stuck, I'm going to ask you for my clue. It's kind of like, you know, uh, who wants to be a millionaire? You get one clue, you know. So, uh-huh. and, and the one clue you give could be the actor in the movie or, you know, something that uh, is a good enough clue to where it's not like, oh, my God, there's no way I'm going to figure this out. So, the, it, you, want, you want to try to stump the other person, but you also want to make sure it's a movie that you know they've seen. So. Sure. All right. So I'll give you a little bit, sir, and uh, you go ahead and do your What Movie Am I? I suddenly feel like I've never seen a movie before. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I I guess I should have told you about this, sir, but I I wanted some excitement to come out of you, sir. (laughs) I'm like, like, wait, what are movies? What scenes are in movies now? All right. Um, Man. All right, you gotta give me a minute. Yep, no problem. <laughs> so you guys in STL Nation, uh, you guys can send suggestions if you're like, dude, you should do this movie or this scene, and you know whatever. But this is a fun game for Jameson and I to see who can stump the other person because we all know Jameson always wins these stupid movie games. So it's about time I try to stump this man. Sure, um, man. All right, I'm gonna have to start off. Kind of with the broad one. This is probably going to be a layup for you, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's why I did Back to the Future. It, it's yeah. a good, it's a good way to start off episode one, and then as every episode goes, we'll con- we'll build it up to make it harder and harder. So by the end of the year, the final movie is like, there's no way you're guessing this. I like that. Okay, yeah. that's good. That's good. All right. So yeah, that's what we're doing. So like you said, easy layup. So here this, we go. Yeah, this is off top of the head. It's going to probably be a layup. But all, all right. right. So let's see. So 
you see the interior of a boat. Okay. Um, there's three men sitting around a table. Uh, it's nighttime. They're sharing drinks. They're sharing stories. Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> Easy enough. Excellent. So, uh, and then, sorry, I didn't let, I should have let you finish because you were supposed to say, what movie am I? So, <laughs> What movie am I? There you go. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it was... no, it's probably for the best. Okay, good, good deal. So I was gonna start singing the song that they sing. Okay, well, it, if you know the answer, you can cut them off. So now, if you get it wrong though, then you you don't you know you don't get a point for that episode. You don't lose any points. It's just that if you get it wrong, you you know you have a chance in the next episode of the other person getting ahead of you. You know, so that's gonna be the fun of it. So I dig it. So yeah, so there we go. One and one. You guys help keep the tally going. So that is our new segment that will be done only when Jameson is on. Super fun times. Again, the name of the segment, sir, is? What movie am I? There you go. Very good. Yay. Hey, I did it. All right. So should we go into the music spotlight, sir? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. All right, so for the music spotlight, sir, I got something special, and I got to ask you a question what you think. So we've been talking about the Terminator, mm-hmm. and what would make sense is to play some Bush Machine Head. What do you think, sir? <laughs> it, it works, but then, but then I was thinking, you know, Skillet Savior, you know, we have Arnold as the Savior in this movie, so do we do Machine Head Savior, or do we do both, sir? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's great. I, very witty with Machine Head. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't heard that song in a long time. Yeah. Um, but you know what? If, if if I can vote, I'm taking both. Awesome. Well, then that's what we're going to do, man. Because that's, nice. what, that's what we do around here. So good times. <laughs> very good. All right. <laughs> and then uh, just so you guys know, uh, I did open up the STL Nation group. Uh, yeah. It's uh, basically... Everybody can see it now, and the, it's kind of, you know, all your friends and family will see that you're now posting in our very active group, and it's also to open up because we're going to be doing some votes. As you know, you can only vote in the group. You can no longer vote on the Facebook page. They took that away. So other people are going to see you vote. They're going to want to vote, and they're going to want to join in. So that's kind of the reason why we're open up. It's a new year, new updates, new slogan. Might as well open up the group, right, sir? This year is going to be bigger and bigger better than any other year man i like these i like these changes these updates don't let it get stale mike it's true dude we got some what are we gonna do we're doing some rom-coms <laughs> this year right we got some can't buy me love we got some quick change dumb and dumber the chase man we dude, have a long list that just kind of formed in the matter of about 20 minutes of uh texting it's true we're <laughs> like we're like yeah we got some rom-coms we got to do i'm like heck yeah let's do it so and i just heard your movie mojo you know Patrick Dempsey's your boy. I love me some run. We got to do that. So it's going to be good times, man. Hey, I can talk pretty much any Patrick Dempsey movie that I need to. Excellent. So, sir, why don't you go ahead and pimp out all your new stuff? Because your new stuff's been excellent, sir. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Sure. Um, 
You can find me over at Movie Mojo Monthly. We just had our newest episode, and probably by the time you're hearing this, our our new newest one will be coming out shortly. And that is my favorite one. That is our uh, year in review, our best and worst of 2013. Um, Hopefully, some of you have emailed in at this point. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Don't get me started. but that's we, that will be coming out. Uh, we just did our, our December movie blowout, which was a lot of fun too. Um, so check check us out over there, Movie Mojo Monthly. Um, what else? Let's see. I do a podcast called Channel. Oh Ch- yeah, changing hey, channels. Our our mid season finale is almost over. Yeah, the hiatus is almost done. And we're coming back with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles classic TV cartoon. So yep. Yep, that that's gonna be exciting. So be sure to check for that sooner than later, hopefully. Um, and then of course the, the new one, my, my, my little baby that I'm working, uh, real films podcast over, yeah. uh, with our good friend, Jason, friend of the podcast, uh, where we sit around and talk documentaries. Uh, we just had our newest one came out that was discussing the documentary Craigslist Joe. And uh, yeah, you got five ratings on iTunes already. Good job, sir. Yeah, man. It's dude. That, it's a fun time. So heck yeah. Yeah. Good times, man. I'm looking forward to seeing STL right below that for other people to listen to. I can't wait to see that. That's I'm I'm sure I don't have an option. All right. Well, thank you uh, so much, sir. Uh, We are definitely coming back with some CCP after we do some Indiana Jones. That's going to be our next episode, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. Get your emails in, stlpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. Don't forget to join the Facebook group. And the whole works. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was super fun, sir. So uh, I guess until next week, man, or whenever that will be, when (laughs) nature allows us to, we'll be back for some Indiana Jones, man. I can't wait, sir. Me too. All right. Well, you guys have a good one. Take care. Masunas out.
Savior, and the lanes gonna crash and break. But I know, 
what you got, what you need. Everything's gonna crash and break. What you got, what you want, what you need. Gonna be your savior. Everything's gonna crash and break. But I know, yeah, I know what you got, what you want, what you need. Gonna be your savior. Everything's gonna crash and break. Your savior. All right. Uh, you know what? Hold on. We're going to start that over again because I got to pull up my notes here. Hold on a second. Sorry. I should have had this. I should have had this plan, but my stupid... I'm tired of working with amateurs. This know, is ridiculous. Right? It's true. This those to be a nice blooper for everybody. There you go. <laughs> they like those bloopers at the end there, son. Um, and then what I really dig, though, is uh, right after that, we get uh, the doctor. Oh, sorry, I got to edit. Ugh. Losing my train of thought here. Sorry, sir. Oh, boy. Here we go. I got to write it down when this crap happened. <laughs> got to edit this out. Blooper. Woo. All right. Yeah, he's good at that. He is, though, man. He, you know, uh, just talking about. Um... Oh, my gosh. Mike has derailed. Dude, it's it's been a it's been a long day, sir. I'm getting hot now. Hold on. Scrap it all. We're starting over. <laughs> Don't be saying that, man. I we'll wanna... fix it in post. <laughs> I'm gonna have to have your your dialogue ADR'd after this thing. All right, sir. Somebody else come in here. I, I remember my notes now. Here's, all right, here we go. Here's what I wanted to say. Okay. You know, and and he's yelling, and these guys come over, and he goes, <laughs> he's messing with those guys, and uh Oh yeah, dude. There's something I gotta talk to you about off off uh, off mic here. So here, let's go. Hey, are we allowed to say dig one? Do it. Is that a swear word? No, do it. Okay, cause you can totally. you can say that after seven p.m. <laughs> True enough. Okay. All right. I just. All I, right. Back to the primary. All right, to, all right. Now, so he's he gets the guys over, you know, and uh, and he starts talking about the. Oh man, dang it! I gotta save that part. I meant to talk to you about this. Before we started that, uh, I was listening to Geek Out Loud, and they did this, let's get off mic thing, and they started talking so the listeners can hear them, you know? And I, and when we got to the part where he starts talking about Dick what I wanted to do this part, so I'm going <laughs> to put that in, put that in there. So right. That's why I did that, so it's funny. Hey, I have like two minutes, and I got to go. All right, cool. All right, sir, for the music spotlight, I got a good one for you. Bush, Machine Head, makes perfect sense. There you go. Yeah, I like that. All right, so, sir... Wrapping up, man, I just want to say thank you for coming on. We're not even going to pimp our shows. Everybody knows. And uh, I'm excited for next week, sir, when we talk some Indiana Jones and the uh, Temple of Doom, right? There you go. Excellent. Yep. All right, sir. Well, uh, it's been super fun. Thank you so much. I'm glad we finally got together to do some Terminator 2. And I hope everybody enjoyed the episode, man. So you got anything to say, sir, signing off? It was a good time. It was, sir. <laughs> Very good. And uh, Yeah. Very good. All right. Good times. All right, man. I We will catch you guys on the next episode or in the Underground Hour. You guys have a good one. Take care. Masuna's out. They're, right. they're going to be like, damn, you wrapped it up fast. <laughs>
I know. Sarah's like, I have to leave in one minute. All right. Thanks, bro. Talk to you later, man. Bye, brother. Bye.